So I'm tired today. Are you? <laughs> Just a little bit. Uh, late night. Late night. Uh, yeah. This is the, the MPG podcast. I'm Dave. And, and I'm Will. His name is actually David. So there's that. But yeah, we're talking about the goat. <laughs> the goat. Nice. Um, the one that. Tom Brady? Um, we're talking about the Final Fantasy that everybody knows. Whether you know Final Fantasy or not, you know the seventh entry into the Final Fantasy series is the great one, or it's the one that everybody started on, or it's the one that everybody refers back to, or it's the the commercially successful one. It's the uh, let's see. It's the one with the intriguing story. It's the one with the technology. It's the it's the Final Fantasy. Usually, when people say, "Oh, I've played Final Fantasy before," it's Final Fantasy Seven. Pretty much. I mean, like my buddies, like all of them, like they played Final Fantasy Seven, and they've never played another Final Fantasy after that. Right, and then like there's, it's a launch pad for other people where they play Final Fantasy Seven, and then that's where everything else comes from. And I was that you. Yes, oh, okay. I was going to say, and I admitted in the, in the earlier episode that my mom went and bought this game, and it was on a whim, and ever since then, been obsessed with the Final Fantasies, been obsessed with JRPGs, um, I guess really just RPGs in general after that, um, but yeah, this this could be, I feel like out of all the Final Fantasy episodes, this might be the longest one, even though I kind of felt like coming into the episode, eh, I don't have a whole lot to say about it. But just this intro alone, I apparently I have a lot to say about it. Uh, well, that could be it. That could be all you have to say about it. But that's all. All done. Podcast <laughs> over. <laughs> nice. But today we're talking about Final Fantasy VII. Sheesh. That's true. Uh, so I'm gonna start. Well, I mean, as I typically start the, or I've been trying to start the podcast, uh, kind of relating it to the r- real world stuff. Um, mm-hmm. have you ever heard of Miyamoto Musashi? No, but when I saw that name in the notes, mm-hmm. I immediately I thought of uh, Brave Fencer. Yeah, Brave Fencer Musashi or whatever. Okay. Is it similar to that? Or is it like based in the same legend as that? I I don't remember that game at all. Oh, okay. It was that was like a cartoony like yeah, whimsical like, game. Yeah, it was a game that came with a, a demo for Final Fantasy VIII, but oh, I really I believe so. Hmm. Um, oh no, no. Yeah, it came with Final Fantasy VIII or Tactics. Ah, uh, who knows? Both of which great games. But either way, it's another game by Square Enix. But it was like an action kind of platformer-ish game. Yeah. With of course Square Enix like uh, touches to it, leveling and and the skill sets and whatnot. And if it has that, I I just have to believe you because I really don't remember. It's a good game. It's a good game. Not necessarily one that I'd be like, oh, I gotta go play this. It's essential. <laughs> um, it's a good game, though. So I'm gonna assume if you haven't heard of Masashi, you've never heard of uh, Sasaki Kojiro. Nope. Okay. So take us on a journey. So <laughs> take us on a journey. So Masashi, he was actually kind of a like. So there, I think there's a bunch of Japanese films on Masashi, and I think they, you know, they depict him as this uh, great swordsman which he was um but like the real masashi masashi uh he was kind of a dick 
Like, like even when he was a little kid, like his dad was this respected. Um, I don't know. He, like, I don't know what you call him. Uh, like a governor, uh, some leader of of his realm. A governor. Yeah, <laughs> I can't think of the right word. Uh, but yeah, like everyone treated him with respect and everything. And then even when the kid was real little, he was just kind of a dick to his dad. He was always talking crap to his dad. And then actually, uh, his dad got so pissed at him that he threw a knife at him, which Masashi dodged, of course, because he's a warrior. Is this folklore or is this like... No, this is history. legit. This is this is real. Okay. Well, I mean, the stories, I mean, who knows if the stories are true, but... I'm, but, I'm just uh, trying but to the figure out if there's any embellishment in these stories because <laughs> it sounds know. very like uh, almost too specific. But I mean, I guess I get it. <laughs> like it's a tall tale or something. Yeah. Like Davy Crockett or something. Or something. Yeah. So the <laughs> so he threw the knife at him and uh, and then he was just pissed and he actually kicked him out when the kid was <laughs> like seven years old. <laughs> <laughs> I missed you. Arr, get out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then he went and, and uh, lived with his uncle, who was like a, a like a Buddhist priest or something like that, and okay. it, he had foregone uh, sword fighting and all that. But Musashi was still interested. So okay, lived, okay, sorry, sorry. Okay, so he went into this training because he dodged a knife, or because he got kicked out, or no, no, no. He just, he just, he just wanted to do training no matter what. Okay. So, well, he had no place to live, so he went and lived with his uncle. Okay. So, when he was about 13 years old, uh, there was some some guy posted this thing on a post saying, on come, Facebook? come at me. <laughs> yeah, on Facebook. Come at me, bro. <laughs> come at me, bro. <laughs> and so, and so uh, Musashi puts his name on there. And he, like I said, he's only 13 years old. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and I don't remember. I don't remember the opponent's name, but he just he comes out and he's like, "All right, this little this little kid takes like, take me on." Lift, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and so Masashi comes out and he just uh, he without warning he just strikes him in between in between his eyes with Betwixt like a to his eyes. Yeah, <laughs> like a six foot wooden staff and just beat the crap out of the dude without. Like any warning, it wasn't like it all right, let's like, fight. It, it was just like, like round one. Yeah, fight. it was just uh, uh, like he just jumped up on the stage. It was like a pow, and then out. Yeah, and like the other dude hadn't, didn't have control of his player. <laughs> okay, <laughs> like he hadn't even picked up his controller yet, and he's like, "Oh, round started. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm doing this." Like, like if uh, if Masashi played video games, like he would totally be the dick to unplug the other controller. You're like I don't know why it's not working. Yeah. Also, he's, he's playing on old school consoles because we don't unplug controllers anymore. So. That's that's not fair enough. Freaking, <laughs> he's so old; it's just ridiculous. Um, and then about three years later, there was a there was a war that he actually came to his father's side. The the fight with him, and so because of that, him and his dad were all cool again. <laughs> this story. Okay, so. Dad throws a knife at his kid, uh-huh. kicks his kid out, right? Uh-huh. He goes to train with his uncle, uh-huh. enters into a tournament, or enter or answers this is a... like a brawl. It's like... Yeah, it's just like... Answers a call for a duel. Yeah. And then beats the crap of old dude, and then decides to join the military. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it sounds like he really likes um, fighting. To fight. And, and then he apparently. rekindles his relationship with his father due to him... 
uh, fighting on the same side. Right. Okay. Okay. So, so skipping oof. on a little bit, uh, sometime later, uh, he wanted to increase his skills, and so he decided to take on uh, one of the. He, went, he decided to go one of the famous uh, sword schools around, and so he challenged. He challenged them, and their their best swordsman came forth and was like, "Oh, you know, I'll take you on." And again, without warning, he leaped on the guy and killed him in one blow. It, this seems to be like a common theme with this guy. He doesn't. <laughs> yeah. He attacks without warning. Is that is there is there like is that actually like part of his like legend? Like no, no, he, not at all. One well, who attacks without warning. <laughs> like I will name a character that. Well, <laughs> here's where he starts becoming a a, a bad. Mamma Jamma. Uh, so his the the guy's brother or the guy that he just killed his brother, like got pissed off and challenged Musashi too, and he unexpectedly attacks Musashi. Mm-hmm. But then Musashi dodges. He wrestles the dude's weapon away and beats the crap out of him with his own weapon. Because of, because why not? <laughs> why not? So he said, "Miss me with that weak stuff, man." So I mean, he's kind of at this point, he's kind of building a name for himself and. Uh, yeah, and so Masashi heard about this guy named Sasaki Kojiro because he was another legendary swordsman guy, and so Masashi wanted to set up a, a duel with him, mm-hmm. and which they did, and uh, so Masashi goes to this island where this guy is, and they they face off, and supposedly, um, oh, I forgot to mention that, so Masashi likes fighting with uh, a boken. Do you know what a boken is? No. It's basically a long wooden sword. Okay. So it's not exactly a sparring sword. It's kind of a advanced sparring sword, maybe. I don't really know. Okay. Um. So supposedly he carved his boken out of the ore he used to get to the island. Okay. Yeah. So he goes in, and it's kind of like. So there's there's a couple depictions of it. One of them is that, like, this was a legit battle and uh, Musashi was losing, but then he, like, positioned himself to get the sun in the guy's eyes and then take him down. Okay. And then there's the other one that he comes in and he just kind of does the same thing, just right away, one hit, and the guy's done. But um, he actually, like, so... <laughs> So he knew that if he won his the this uh, Sasaki Kojiro's get like minions or whatever mm-hmm. were gonna be pissed at him. So he actually like time. I suppose he timed it with the the shore, the 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 tides and everything. Okay. So, so he could win and dip out. Yeah. So he dipped out and then you know he just well he, since he fashioned it out of his the the sword out of his ore, like part of the weapon was still an ore, so he just was able to use that as his ore again. So, what's the takeaway about this guy? Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't know whether right. or not I'm rooting for him or if I'm just kind of like in awe that so many people are like after here. Oh, maybe they don't know the story yet, but like so many people are just falling for this. Ha ha! ha you want to start on time, but I'm going to start early. Well, so his claim to fame actually was uh, <laughs> surprisingly was he could wield uh, dual swords. He would typically wield dual. Dual swords in battle, even and though he keeps on beating the crap out of these people with one. Yeah, yeah. Like his, it sounds like his most famous battles, like one-on-one battles, are he he was well. Supposedly, he would take on people with these wooden swords. Mm-hmm. Like he would go into like realistic battle and use these wood swords and win against all these people. Like he, I guess he took on like sixty people at once and 
totally came out victorious and that sounds like a tall tale yeah who knows yeah. um but yeah uh that was that was kind of what he's known for but he also wrote the book of five rings which is i guess it's some it's basically like a fighting guide essentially like the art of war yeah art of war type thing okay. um so the reason I bring this up is actually Sheesh, yeah I <laughs> need to know how this connects to Final Fantasy VII. Well, Nomura drew his inspiration for for Cloud and Sephiroth from Masashi and Sasaki Kojiro, which is weird because Sasaki Kojiro's who? Really, like, it feels like he's nobody. In the story, I'm still trying to figure out where he belongs. He's just he was just some guy. He was just some rival swordsman essentially and uh but they so didn't really they didn't really they only had yeah they well they only had like one interaction it was weird so I'm, I'm assuming that there's a bunch of like there's probably movies that nomura grew up with and uh you know they yeah. they they hollywood they hollywooded up their whole rivalry and everything right but they only met once but it almost makes sense because we all we have many uh uh, a high tall tales here in in the United States that when you find out the history of the things you're like ugh that's that's a rough like I'm amazed that we actually made something out of this yeah um, <laughs> I mean if you look that's at true. half the Disney movies the source material for them is super duper dark mm-hmm. and then you're kind of like ah maybe maybe and they're so adorable and yeah it's just weird stuff um. So it was interesting to me. So there's a picture of Masashi. He's fighting on this bridge, and mm-hmm. he's using a plank as his weapon. Mm-hmm. And I, I do wonder if, uh, like, no more. Why he got the big sword? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, the the wooden sword. I mean, it's it's a. I mean, it's a like a five foot sword. Right. And if you're like five foot six or something, and that's basically your whole body, just like Cod's sword. All right. So it's probably a combination of the the ore or the big wooden plank and. And the wooden sword or whatever. Can we talk about... Or... No, we have that a little bit later on. Never mind. I'll, we'll get to that when we get there. Okay. Uh, so, as we're saying... <laughs> uh, we're talking about Final Fantasy Seven, And yes. uh, so... That was a really long, like... Intro. Yeah, no. And I, it seemed interesting, all of it though. For, all of it for... Yeah, he just liked these two guys. I was like, I was like, really like, oh man, what if like? Well, in Japan, they must be like their rivalry must be like way more epic. I think I know who you're talking about because I'm pretty sure. Uh, I just got a recommendation for a, a manga series called uh, Vagabond, mm-hmm. and I think it might be based on the same character. Maybe. Um, well, this dude, like, I mean, this dude. Uh, like I, especially Masashi, like never showered or shaved or did his hair or anything like that. Yeah, the the uh, um, the illustration style. There you go. Mm-hmm. For for Vagabond is pretty legit, but yeah, it seems to always show him disheveled. But just because he was more about his fighting than anything else. Yeah. Well, that sounds that's kind of like this dude. So, okay. all right. So, so, <laughs> so my old roommate always like whenever he played Xenogears, he would always be like, "So stupid!" And, like it's just a overly convoluted, convoluted version of Final Fantasy VII. And I was like, eh, "I don't really know about that." It is about him. What Vagabond is about? Oh, really? Yeah. I 
Man, that's why the story seems so familiar. But I was like, how does this relate <laughs> to freaking Final Fantasy VII? Yeah. Well, I mean, he's like a. Le- I mean, he's a legendary swordsman, you know. So. Yeah, Vagabond went on. Is like, it was one of those series that went on like forever. So it's it was from 1998 to about 2015, and then he was now he's on hi- hiatus for some reason. Uh, well, not for some reason. I think he had health issues, mm-hmm. and he's writing another manga as well, which he just came back to start writing this year. Which, like, now, like, every time I hear about these series, like, because they last so long and because so many people are fans of them, I just mm-hmm. want to go back and I really just want to go read uh, Vagabond now. Um, You're welcome. Yeah. That was the whole point of me doing the intro. Yeah, except for you didn't even know what Vagabond was. I but, had no clue. Yeah, and I just, like, I'm <laughs> buzz marketing Vagabond as if anybody <laughs> needs me to tell them what it is. Um, yeah, looks it looks really good. All right. So diving back into Final Fantasy VII, uh, it was actually originally prototyped as a 2D game for the SNES, um, but then the team postponed development to go work on Chrono Trigger, which I'm glad they did. For goodness sake, we got two great games, one in each generation, Mm -hmm. because somebody said, no, 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 let's just work on this one first. Oh man, I can't can't wait to talk about the original story concepts and everything i'll talk about it later we'll for talk about it later. Final Fantasy VII? yeah uh-huh. it's pretty great um so as we mentioned i don't know if it was like a couple podcasts ago uh but they actually considered uh making seven for the n64 and they kind of they used that they did kind of a de- tech demo using Final Fantasy six characters yep i remember that yeah, and they also considered uh sega saturn and windows which kind of seems weird that they would only go they would switch to just uh pc I mean, it came to Windows later, so... Yeah, my much... I mean, it was definitely designed for, for PS1. Um, mm-hmm. So, they made their decision because they uh, of higher price... The higher prices of cartridges, and they, you know, they decided they wanted to make that jump to 3D, even though it was the, it was the harder route, but they wanted to be able to compete with all these other titles that are coming out with their 3D. Do you remember what I told you? Because uh, I felt like this is what was going to happen when we got to the... I guess we could call them the first generation 3D consoles. Mm. Was that Square Enix? Like every single time was like, we're going to be better than everybody else. Yeah. Well, this, okay. Like if they were to put this on Super Nintendo, they've already been better than everybody else on Super Nintendo. They don't need to do it again. So this is actually when it started. So that's what I kind of felt like. Yeah. Too. Because of the financial success of the previous titles, they actually had a lot of dinero. Capital. Yeah. They had yeah. a lot of capital to work on this game. Uh, so it actually... So it actually took uh, cost forty million to make this game, which I mean, even by today's standards, that's a lot of money to make this, a game. This is a chunk of money. Well, yeah, uh, but uh, it for also, a triple A title, it's still it's still it's around a hundred million, yeah. isn't it, for triple yeah. A? I mean, I I really yeah. don't know. I haven't looked in a while. I think it's low, but yeah. No. But all things considered, Square Enix can make make money work for sure. Oh yeah, they have a way about it. Um. So. Uh. And well, not just that. This the team that made this game had about 100 to 150 people, which is was unusual because usually the games are you know that's really games that, before that's about 20 people. Right, but that even now, well, now 100 people is is too little. You need like thousands yeah, but, of people working uh, on the game for you know hundreds. Of well, people. I say like t- it's usually around 200 or so. 
It seems these like AAA titles, because they have so many teams, it's usually hundreds. Of yeah, people. that's true. Well, because they're outsourcing for yeah, okay. Yeah, so there's somebody doing environmental art, and then there's mm. there's like a whole team working on physics. There's a there's a whole team working on. Well, UI. I mean, does there's, that mean that you include like if you use the Unreal Engine, does that mean you include that staff too? It and, depends you know. because some some development teams they actually include. Uh, well, that's true. They have people, the people. from those yeah. engines come and help them. So yeah, because, that's, good. that's true. Well, I mean, sometimes it's to help them, and other times it's because we want new functionality in your engine, and so we actually need to employ your people to do this, and then we'll give you back the originals or whatever, or we'll give you back. We we pretty much we need access to your engine, and, right. and, and but we have our programmers that are going to do stuff, and we need your programmers to be able to make our stuff work with your stuff. That kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, if you look at it, a lot of games that, like, Epic makes, so the people who make Unreal Engine, they will have their stamp on it, right? But if you look at it, they, they're constantly, like, adding new technology to their games. Like, the all of the... Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Gears of War games. There you go. Right. Those ones, you can tell, like, every... Starting from the first game, they had the, that really chunky armor, right? But if you've ever played Unreal Tournament 3, that armor was already there. Right. Like, they already knew what they were doing with that. That was kind mm -hmm. of like, they've already figured that, that whole part of their their um, engine out. And then every successive title, they just added, like, more details to, like, the like the way the engine worked. Right. But all of that was reflected in every other Unreal game that came out afterwards. Oh, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Whether it be... Not Unreal, sorry. Every game that came in, yeah, Unreal. I guess the engine, mm. um, because they added like different ways of doing lighting effects. There's like new shiny things. There's new, uh, new uh, ways they handled textures and stuff like that. But you see any other game that used the Unreal Engine following each successive release of Ge uh, like Gears of War, they had that technology. Same right. So, if, so in this case, like if uh, Square Enix typically did in-house stuff. So that's probably why they can keep smaller teams. Um, but when Square later on decided to use other uh, external engines, like the Unreal Engine, mm -hmm. I think that's what they're using for the 7 remake. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, sp I forgot to mention. So we're not going to talk about the remake uh, in this podcast. Not extensively, no. Yeah. It'll probably be mentioned a couple times, but yeah. I, I highly doubt we'll talk but about yeah, it. But uh, yeah, it's Unreal Engine for Final Fantasy 7 Remake, and I totally forgot that King March 3... Is actually is it unreal? Yeah, but you if you noticed um, when they do that, it shortens the time of production. Oh yeah. Now people think, oh well, Final Fantasy VII Remake's been announced for a long time, but we are. I think most people know. Um, yeah, I don't remember. The, I can't remember the, the name of the studio. Well, we, we can talk about that. We're yeah. gonna talk about that next week. But yeah, so smaller team, a little bit less money than we're used to hearing. But again, you gotta adjust for inflation and stuff like that too. Oh yeah, yeah. Um. Well, I said it was about a like if you count for inflation, it's about seventy million. But I mean, still, those are that's a substantial amount for considering PS the return. One. Yes, <laughs> and yeah, this is when the PS One just came out. You know, I mean, this is you're putting a lot of money into and you're and you're going to three D for the first time. Right. Oh, their turnaround is amazing considering new technology. Yeah. Um, new console. Um new like pretty much experimental things because mm. at this point they're just trying to figure out the whole like what they're going to do right um and considering like a first foray into a console that was yeah it's kind of it, it makes sense that it was a breakout hit like as mm. soon as it came out it was immediately accepted by everybody well the the you know the fmvs 
Like <sighs> people were blown away by that. So that was another. Th- I guess that's that's where they started their technology push. Like mm-hmm. it was like you know what? Let's make the best movies we can ever make. And then I think I can't remember. You know, there, there, so there's about. So I said there was like 40 minutes of uh, FMVs in the in the game, mm-hmm. and like in my head that doesn't seem like that much, but I guess it is a lot. It is a lot. Yeah. All things considered, yeah. Um, so I'm sure you've noticed this when you're playing the game, but uh, there are. Uh, so it took uh, some names from Norse mythology, you know, the Midgar mm-hmm. and Nibelheim. But mm-hmm. so you're you are you are are you are are, wow. <laughs> Norse mythology expert. Um, uh, please don't call me that. I like <laughs> Norse mythology. I'm not an expert, so that way. Well, in in comparison to me, you're okay. you're an expert. Okay. So, uh, do, I mean, do you see any similarities in, like, in the way that they tell the story? Yeah. Oh no. There's it's just they just borrow the names. Yeah, it's. I think it's a um, it's a common Square Enix thing, or not? Actually, it's a common Final Fantasy thing. Whether it be the names of summons or some of the other names they reference, they tend to take uh, mythology from everywhere else and just kind of go, hmm, well, Midgard does have to do with like a place where man resides. Mm-hmm. Mm, we'll just make that a place where man <laughs> resides, right? Or like Niflheim so, is associated with death or something like that. Right. And so mm, we can we can make this town... Oh, you know what? We can kill a lot of people in this town and give like a ghost manor, which okay. kind of makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. But I think that's kind of what they—that's what they're known for doing. Like Ifrit. Um, so that's that's about that's about the the closest to story spoilers we're gonna get into. I don't think so. No. Um, but like Ifrit, like and Shiva and stuff. Shiva is from like Hindu mythology, mm-hmm. and then or religion. I don't really know what to call. Um, anyways, um, in Ifrit. Buddhism. Is, no, I'm th- I don't know if you call it mythology or if it's oh it's religious yeah, but right, 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 right. Um, and then Ifrit is actually based on Ifrit, which is mm-hmm. a, a fire gen. Right. So right. yeah, like a genie or whatever. But yeah, so they do that a lot. It's kind of their thing. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm curious about Ramu and oh, it doesn't really matter. Uh, Quetzalcoatl. Um, oh yeah, is from Aztec. Uh, yeah, mythology. Uh, yeah, we could probably go through all the summons later, but not today. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so right before we go on break, uh, so this this one sold 12.3 million units it's as of 2019, which is crazy because I'm pretty sure Final Fantasy, well, 5 didn't sell as much as, or sorry, previous one was 6. But I think that one sold like 4 or 5 million. So, I mean, they're definitely, yeah. That's... That's a substantial jump for them. Yeah, that's a that's a glow up for sure. They just like out of nowhere, it was like ha ha, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> also, well, are, I mean that's I also, mean you're right. That's when it became in the mainstream and like everyone they, was what curious. What are these numbers? Uh, what time frame are these numbers? The the twelve point three. Oh, that's from release to two thousand nineteen. Yeah, with as many. The thing is, you I don't know if you're considering all the the re-releases. Yeah, I don't know if the di- the digital re-releases and stuff like that. I don't know if they're involved. I think the original amount was like eight million, so they doubled. But still, made money. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, at the very least, it was double from what six was. Yeah, I remember we used to tell the the FMVs as being really the only reason why we like played through the game because we just wanted to get to yeah the reward the FMVs. Yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yep. So I might even play Final Fantasy VII again, but who knows. I think this is the first. <laughs> it's funny because uh, I think this is the first one we haven't 
like played a little bit of before we started doing the podcast. I mean, we both I played it plenty of times. I play, put too much time into that game. Yeah, back in the day. So, <laughs> uh, and and not just that. Like with the with the remake coming out, I don't like I, I don't remember everything. So right, I actually kind of wanted to go into the remake a little um, fresh. Yeah, yeah, me too. So I think it was for me. It's been good not to like play it again mm-hmm. because I want to when when the remake comes out March of twenty twenty. I want to be able to like enjoy the story again and not feel like okay, let's get past this section that I didn't really like that much. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'm gonna remember it anyways. But I, I prefer like that. It's almost like whenever I was playing Final Fantasy VI, I it was it felt like a fresh new story because I hadn't played it in so long. Right, right, right. Um, yep. Because I was so frustrated with losing save files, and now I have cloud saves and whatnot, <laughs> and I'm I feel like I'm. I'm pretty close to finishing. I'm actually at that point in the game in six where they pretty much tell you, well, you can go find the rest of your friends or you can just go beat Kefka now. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you I'm, still playing? You still not done with six? No. I've uh, been doing other stuff, man. That's because you got that switch now. And I have a switch. <laughs> well, you know, I was thinking about this a little bit when the Resident Evil 2 remake came out. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot the same, but... It still feels like it feels like a whole new experience, and right. so I think no matter what, it's just going to feel different anyway. But uh, yeah. a- anyway, so let's uh, let's go ahead and take a break. Okie doke. We just took like a sixty-minute break. <laughs> sixty-minute break. Yep. <laughs> um. Yep. That's what happened. Yep. It was like uh, it was like getting hypnotized, but in reverse, where like you know, if you hypnotize, like ten minutes will go by, but it, well, you'll feel like ten minutes, but actually like an hour went by, except for yeah, we're the opposite. Yep, <laughs> that, that's what I was going for. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now, <clears throat> so, so now we're going to talk uh, about some of the first of the series, uh, or um, or kind of what 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 this game brought to the table, innovation wise. Okay, uh, so. This is the first Final Fantasy in 3B. Unless, of course, you count Final Fantasy VI with the Mode 7 on Super Nintendo. Nope. This is the first one in 3B. Not 3D emulation, if you will. 3D rendering. Yeah. Yeah. Which I still think is 3D, but whatever. (laughs) I just Um, want to invalidate every point you make today. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, This is the first one with FMV cutscenes. No, well, Final Fantasy VI uh, re-release on PS One, <laughs> but it wasn't first. Well, so. I mean, if you want to do that, then they had they had uh, Final Fantasy One. Yeah. No, actually, they weren't FMV. For six, they were. For six, they were. Yeah, oh, okay. that's where we got those weird, like the the Kafka 3D thing, because he looks oh, weird. Oh yeah, 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 he does look weird. Okay, you're right. But it was their first 3D visualization of him, and then that's kind of been his his go-to now. <laughs> um, this is the first one with uh, different models for the battle and then for exploration. Um, first, it's the only one with models, so... That's a good point. So there's that. Oh, okay, yeah, it's the first one with models, too. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, your characters don't look any different in... Um, and, and battles, you know. But that's, like okay, six. so that's what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Like, so your overworld sprite is different from. You yeah, know. they're, they're kind of chibi on the overworld, and then in, in battles, are look kind of more realistic. 
Yeah. So. It's the first Final Fantasy where the characters had no hands. Yeah. <laughs> or noses. Yeah. Or, or noses. mouths. Or mouths. Because I'm pretty sure they had them in six and five and four. Mm-hmm. They yeah. did. Anyways, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is the first one with cross-dressing. Um, no. Final Fantasy V. Really? Fer- Ferris. Uh, well, Lame. I nope, don't... Nope, nope, uh, nope. She was des- dressing as a dude. But she was just kind of a tomboy. Doesn't matter. All right. And actually, she was dressing as a dude because she wanted to look like a dude. Because Cause the she's pirates, Mulan. Yes, because the pirates wouldn't accept her otherwise. Okay. Except they did accept her afterwards, so it didn't really make sense to her to go through all that. And we kind of figured out really quickly, which I don't know how a bunch of horny pirates wouldn't have figured that out but <laughs> like but you smell like a lady <laughs> like i don't know anyways yeah anyways on that note um. <laughs> and uh so so apparently i didn't put too much work into first in the series for this one uh but the next one i jumped into right away was i just wanted to talk about the mini games mm-hmm. like there's an abundance of mini games in it's this seven. game yeah yeah, I don't think there was much of any mini games in the previous. There usually it's always just like a, like I mean, a, you get, a quiz or something like that. Yeah, but that's not necessarily. I mi- guess you can count Final Fantasy VI, where uh, you know they split in the groups and they have to, and then the enemies come at you, and you have to guard against. You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, the little tactical thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I guess, I guess like when you're navigating through Serpent Trench and whatnot, those are kind of mini games. I guess. Yeah. But, but not necessarily to the I, extent of taking you out of the gameplay altogether. Yeah, I typically think of. Uh, I mean, for me, I think of the mini games as like, like there's something that you can come back to and just yeah. play for whatever reason. Well, shoot, Final Fantasy VII just said, "Screw that, we are just gonna make a a friggin' uh, the a Disneyland in our game, <laughs> yeah. and you can play all sorts of games here." <laughs> well, there uh, there's a few. Um, so one of the first ones they had was they had that SWAT game, and I never knew this, but apparently the better your character does, the better you, they have a chance to get getting picked by Don Corneo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no clue about that. Yeah, that everything was all thing in that little that little thing, whether or not you get the the right underwear, you get the right that dress, perfume, the right perfume, and, exactly. Yeah, yeah. All of that gives you points. So mm-hmm. like in the background of the game, the variables are being adjusted right. in your favor every time you get the best stuff. Um, which, I mean, <laughs> so funny. Apparently, like apparently, Don Cornelio doesn't does not really know what he likes. He just like <laughs> he likes all the things. He he's a he's a man of distinguished taste. Um, Thirty seconds of squats. Oh man. Oh man, I can <laughs> I, I can see uh, I can see the work you put in on the glutes. Uh, then there was the the G bike, and I didn't oh, know that was I forgot about that. Yeah, I didn't know I uh. I didn't know this either, but apparently how much HP you have left at the end of that little course or whatever uh, reflects how much HP your party has against mm-hmm. the boss of that. Mm-hmm. I didn't remember that either. I, I remember that because I sucked at the mini or I sucked <laughs> at the bike game, and then I always started that freaking boss fight with barely anything. But luckily, if you're smart enough, you always you have your cure materia and yeah. you're, you're like ready to go. <laughs> and I'm I'm pretty much the one who always junction cure and all. That was kind of that's just like default. You just have junction to junction cure cure. 
or um sorry like the cure all or cure and all yeah yeah yeah. because in that game material which we'll get into later on but i mean i hope people figure that one out to be honest as a kid i was so happy when i figured that out because (laughs) it it, it didn't see it didn't make sense to me until Mm -hmm. later on where when we bought a strategy guide which by the way i still have the same strategy guide that i had from back when that game first came out. you know i let a friend borrow it mine and i've never seen it again i have the unofficial one too and it's like I'm, it's it's staying together with tape, <laughs> um, but it was. Uh, uh, do you have a section for the the material? I don't. You know, I I really should have, but I do not. Are you serious? Yeah, I do not. Okay, so then I'll just do a little quick thing with the okay. material. Um, so yeah, this game introduced something which I oh, guess we well, can consider okay, it, it's a first. Well, well, I do have it a little bit. Sorry, we can get to it when we get to gameplay. How much further is that? It's the it's the next section. Okay, cool. So, um, so other first, sorry. Oh uh, well, games. yeah, I just pretty much was. I just listed all the the mini games. Uh, do you remember the the Condor uh, Tower or whatever? Oh, yeah, the Tower Defense game. Yeah, Tower yeah. Defense game. Um, which I don't remember ever playing a Tower Defense game before that. Was uh, Final Fantasy the first? I think I had played a lot of RTS games, so I had played like a, I want to say Command and Conquer back then. I mean, yeah, I I suppose I suppose they're, those are kind of Tower Defense in a way. Yeah, I don't know if it's actually. I'm trying to. I can't remember like the timeline of when I played these games because I don't think I had a PC back when Seven came out. Um, let's see, Command and Conquer came out in 1995. Uh, I didn't play until Tiberian Sun, so <laughs> I don't. <laughs> or like Age of Empires. It depends on what you you categorize as the first tower defense, really. Well, yeah, I mean, oh yeah, Tiberian Sun didn't come out until 1999, so I played that afterwards. Yeah. But and yeah, and then uh, well, Final Fantasy VII was in '97. Oh, I forgot yeah. to mention that. Yeah. yeah um, yeah. well, moving past that one, yeah. uh, I don't know. You know, I don't really know if this was a, a mini game, just because I don't know if you can go back and do it. But the remember the Junin parade? So essentially, you're you dressed up like a one of the bad oh, yeah. guys, and you have and to respond to every time they blew the whistle. Yeah, and, and you have to march in just like them. Oh, I hated that one. Uh, it's very frustrating. It was, it was, but you just take advantage of the fact that if you're trying to get a hundred percent, you save it beforehand. <laughs> Do you get anything? Do you get anything special for that? I think uh, once you once you finish, you get an item, and I don't know if it's you either necessary. get a potion or if you do really good, you get a high potion. I think nice. it might have been something stupid like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then you're right. Uh, there was Disneyland in Final Fantasy VII. Uh, the the Golden Saucer. And the biggest this is one. called Gold Saucer, but you know. Oh, there's no the or in. <laughs> okay, uh, so <laughs> so they had uh, there's arm wrestling. There was like kind of it wasn't it was kind of like the a basketball game that you might see at like a bar. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there was this Mog House where you feed. It was like a story. It, it was, was like an so, RPG. It was, it was weird. So weird. Yeah, you like fed the Mog nuts so that it could fly, but it was like a story based game because he was trying to accomplish something yeah. yeah it was like an arcade game inside the game i don't know it was interesting i guess really not uh there was so, there okay. was a <laughs> there was a 3d battler game which is kind of i think it was kind of like a it's rock paper scissors wasn't it yeah but it was like it wasn't like the rock'em sock'em robots it kind of looked like that yeah yeah but yeah you're right it was it was rock paper scissors and there was the roller coaster shooter game where the coaster great. means nothing because you're really just aiming at stuff in the sky, mm-hmm. but 
in the background you have the characters riding on the roller coaster. Right. It's it was definitely like a shooter on rails thing. Yeah, yeah. But and if you beat it, you got an umbrella for Ares, and that was like a super rare weapon. Had no who? slots on for it. who? Ares. Ares. Okay. I think said Ares. I always say Ares. Oh. Um, but I know it's Ares. Um, it's just because when I was younger, I didn't actually I look it. at names. Yeah, yeah. I just said them. Yep. Yeah, same <laughs> thing for me, man. Um. So, yeah, you got an umbrella for her that had no slots. It was like a joke weapon because everybody had one. Oh. Uh, so. Everyone had an umbrella? A joke weapon. Right. Uh, but, yeah, it was pretty... It was, but it was pretty strong at the time. Actually, if you want it... it oh, had, yeah, I'm pretty sure Sid had, like, a broom or something. I think so. Yes. Yeah. Or, like, a pitchfork or something. Either I don't one. remember. Yeah. Uh, then the big one for the Golden Saucer... For Golden Saucer, not just the, the Gold, gold saucer. saucer, or <laughs> just Gold Saucer is actually the name of the place. Yeah, uh, was the Chocobo Racing? No, that's not the big one. Yeah, no, How the big that? one's a snowboarding game. No, that's not on the at Golden Saucer. It is at Gold Saucer. Yes, after you, because you, after you actually do it, I think so. Yeah, because I think it might be closed the first time you go there. But otherwise, yeah. Oh, I thought you had to go back to whatever that place was called and to do it. Oh my gosh, it probably is. <laughs> uh, well, the the Chocobo Racing one was an important one because uh, you could win the Golden Chocobo. No, no, you don't win the Golden Chocobo. You raise. You, you raise the. You raise, you raise okay, your yeah, other yeah. Chocobos, and you have to get them to like S class, and yeah. then you have to breed them. But you have to have the Golden Chocobo to get to certain secret locations later on in the game. Yes. Yes. To get a highly sought after. Vincent cutscene? No. It's not? No. An ultimate weapon? Nope. Um, A legendary materia? Oh, okay. Knights of the Round Table? Oh! Come on, man. Well, now that we're talking about materia... (laughs) Okay. Actually, (laughs) do you want to take a quick break and then talk about materia? Sure. Okay. And welcome back to the MVG podcast. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, so we're going to start talking about gameplay. And now that Sakaguchi is kind of in a producer role, mm-hmm. he's really like kind of letting everyone else take the reins. Uh, but his biggest comp- contribution was actually the battle system and coming up with the materia system. Okay. Okay. Did you like the, the materia system? I thought it was a really great idea. Did you like it so, and that it was easier for you to use or easy, like, or did you like it because of its innovation? I liked it first. Okay. So I guess, so when it first came out, I really liked it. I liked it for its innovation. I thought it was a really cool idea. Mm-hmm. Um, in retrospect, I think I like having the individualized characters a little bit more, like mm-hmm. in Final Fantasy VI. Yeah, so that idea that no matter how your character or no matter who your character is, you still get to play them the way that you want to play them mm-hmm. because you have to, because you get to pretty much adjust in their all of their skills and you get to pretty much make them do what you want to do and right. all that they all have yeah like Final Fantasy VI they all have their one their one thing that only they can do and that is their limit breaks right um, so yeah there is something that differentiate differentiate oh my gosh differentiates them differentiate. <laughs> Uh, but they, you know, they really want to increase emphasis on on player control for this game, and, uh, and they did such a good job. They did a really good job. Material, and, and it was like, 
I mean, kind of, we mean, if you really go back to it, Materia is actually stems from some of the early Final Fantasies. Uh, and that, like, I think the first and the second one, you can buy magic. Mm-hmm. Actually, I guess in three as well. But in the first one, you could buy magic and you you have to equip it to the people. Um, so in, it, in, wait, what? Like, so when you bought the magic, uh, you just got it. And like in part got, one. Okay, so then that was three, I think. Then that yeah. you gave it to people. Um, so yeah, in three, then you bought it and you gave it to the people. And even if they couldn't actually do the magic, you could equip it to them. Which, if you really think about it, it's kind of like the progenitor for materia because. He, they it was equipping of magic, um, because that's which pre- one, in three, oh in three okay yeah because in three you bought magic at shops right yeah yeah um but yeah so yeah so anyways in Final Fantasy seven materia works in that when you equip a new weapon the weapon has slots these slots can either be connected or uh or individual and you put the materia which is these little spheres into the slots now. On the surface, pretty simple system. You just drop stuff into there, and you. And as a kid, I think I was always like, "Why are these things connected?" Then you read <laughs> the you read the books because um, I did buy a strategy guide. Um, oh, also, let me let me go back to right before the break. We were talking about the snowboarding game. Oh, right. Being part of Gold Saucer, and yes, it is in there, and yes, you do get it after you do the event that you get to uh, snowboard. Anyways, so back to materia. Is it? Okay, so did the snowboarding and the G-Bike, is that like a smartphone game? Uh, both of them ended up being smartphone games. I don't think there were smartphone games in America. They were, I think they were uh, okay. Japanese games. Okay. Speaking of which, the G-Bike game got remade, um, and then like it was like full-on 3D, and that team was actually the team that started development on the Final Fantasy VII remake. Based on, oh, really? Yes. That's like why the original original? Like the people that they were like, eh, we're going to take this back from you. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah. So the G-Bike team, which I think there's a game called G-Bike, and it was, like I said, full 3D, but it was like full, pretty much it almost looked like what the game looks like, or the remake looks nowadays, mm. and they were the ones who started the, the, the remake. Mm. Anyways. Interesting. Um, so back to Materia. Uh, so you can equip these uh, things, and like on the surface, it just kind of looks like, oh, you're just kind of equipping all the magic that you want to be able to use. Uh, and then they introduce, like, uh, I guess you could call it... Uh, modification materia so um and if each of uh, these different types of materials had different colors so you had the the green ones which is usually like attack ma- or like actual like magic right mm, right um then you had uh you had yellow ones which were there were stat affecting ones right yeah so then the yellow ones are going to be the uh command magic and then the blue ones are going to be uh the blue ones are going to be like modifications um, uh, okay. And then the gr- no, sorry, the pink ones. The pink ones are actually stat straight stats. So like you get like a magic plus or an HP plus as a pink one or something like that. Um, and you can equip that to modify your stats. This is so like, uh, I guess we we might we haven't really gotten into it yet. Which color like, were the summon ones? Uh, the summon ones were red. Yeah, summon ones were just red. Um. And then, so, so like, we haven't gotten into, like, the MMOs or anything like that, so we haven't really discussed uh, roles for characters in terms of... You're right. Tank, wow. tank DPS. And Good job. Okay, so I got the list. So you're right. Red is summon, green is magic, yellow is command, blue is support, and purple is independent, whatever that means. And, yeah, because they're, they're stat modifying. Okay. Um, 
But yeah, so it, this game actually kind of allowed you to like if you did the right combinations, you could make a character into a tanky character by right. like giving them more HP and then building up their uh, like their damage mitigation. So in mm. this case, it would be something like um, uh, like the HP plus or something. But on top of this layer of just being able to add stuff and be able to use it, those uh, those support uh, materials, the blue ones, they actually gave you some like weird things that you could do with materials. So if you put it in a slot that was connected to another slot, you mm-hmm. could actually modify right. a piece of materia. Um, and so say, for instance, I have fire and I equip it with an all materia, which is a blue materia as well. That would make the make, it would make it to when I use fire, it hits everybody. Now you could also do in your, say for instance, you could do it in your weapon or your armor, but if they're connected slots, you could use a, a material called added effect and fire. And it would give you, in your attack slot, it would give you an added fire element to right. your attacks. But if you put it in your uh, equipment slot, you could actually make it to where you actually absorb fire. Depending mm. on the level of the fire material, you could actually like completely absorb fire attack. Right. Or it would just lessen the damage for it, depending on how low level it was. Um, so like those kinds of things started adding depth. Then I found out later on that you can do what are called material combos, which means if you have, say for instance... Three three sets of connected slots. That would mean you if you get three fire materials, you can do fire materia with added effect. There's, let's just say this is all in your weapon, right? Mm-hmm. You could do fire added effect, and then you could do fire. Um, you could do fire all, which would mean that uh, your attacks will always. Uh, actually, this isn't the best combination. <laughs> um, hold on. There's uh, shoot 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 shoot. Uh, the three combo ones. Oh, okay. So, sorry. You could do fire and then a material called quadra magic. Mm-hmm. Uh, which what's is quadra? Like, mm-hmm. Qua- go ahead and what's quadra? Oh, quadra magic allows you to do it. Uh, do a ma- like You cast a fi- fire. It would cast it four times Okay, in a row. Uh, so, you could do fire, uh, quadra magic. You could do fire all, which would make it now. So, you're doing fire all to everybody four times. Mm-hmm. And then you could also do fire... And MP absorb, which means that now you've done fire all four times, and every time you do it, you're getting MP back. Right. And then if you really wanted to take it a step further, you could also do a fire and HP absorb, and you could also do a fire and um, uh, shoot. There's there's another one. MP turbo. Sorry. You yeah. could. So this now it uses more MP to do fire four times, and, but every time it does fire, it gives you HP and MP back. But you could like heavily modify, and this goes with- has a lot of depth. To it. And of course, you don't really get you don't get the um, those type of weapons or equipment until way later in the game, right? Much later in the game. Another thing that they incorporated into this is that material isn't just something you buy, equip, and you're good to go. Material actually levels up, so you actually have what's called AP, which uh, you get from battles, and it's usually typically like one or two AP per enemy or whatever. Um, and then bosses, of course, give you more. But when you, you get AP, it levels up the materia. So say, for instance, your fire materia. And I'm kind of trying to stick with, like, one type of materia just because I don't want to, like... Right. We were talking about not spoiling everything, but I kind of want... People want to experience it. You, you, It's, yeah, it's fun to go through. I'm not going to name every single magic that's in the game. Um, but, yeah, so you can... Once you're leveling up your fire materia, you start with fire. 
and then you get fired <laughs> too. You should you should at that point say them all, but just like speed up everything real quick, <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> I you, so you level it up, you get fired two, you get fired three, and it gets progressively stronger. So now that material combo I was talking about earlier goes from being a low level fire, a, a higher or medium level fire to you know one of the better fire or the best fires in the game, and now you're doing massive amounts of damage, which means you're absorbing massive amounts of MP. Which means you could get rid of whole swaths of enemies that may be weak against fire super quickly and then restore all of your HP and restore all of your MP at the same time. So I just want to uh, clarify. So there's, I believe there's only, there's no uh, triple attached materia. I think there's only double attached. And I think that you can... Oh yeah, no. Well, what I said is it has to be... um, you just have to use the same materia over right. and over okay. again to do the combo. Uh, okay, yeah. got it, got it, got it. So in this case, the the materials can only be uh, junctioned or they can only be uh, in tandem with only mm-hmm. one right. other materia. But each equipment can have up to three sets of attached slots. Four in some cases. I think it's only three. But no, it's four. Okay, four. Yeah. Okay. Which um, is crazy. That's a lot of stuff. Right. Cause that's, then, like, I mean, that would be a total of eight. And at that point, um, yeah, at that point you can you can make these combos, but it's, it's usually at a detriment. Um, mm-hmm. As you level up a magic material, one of the green ones, typically what will end up happening is it'll lower your HP and raise your MP. Mm-hmm. This is actually creating more or less a glass cannon character, right? Or DPS thing. So like, but you know, some a smart person would be like, okay, so if I'm going to load up on this magic, then I'll throw a fully leveled. HP plus, which, like I said before, as you're leveling up your your materia, they get stronger. So now your HP plus goes from giving you two percent more HP to twenty percent more HP as um, as you fully level that up. Mm-hmm. So then you can compensate for the amount of HP you get taken from for being a mage. Most mages in almost every Final Fantasy game typically has low HP pool, and it, this game kind of lended towards that by lowering the HP, raising the MP. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like it was like a goal for a lot of people to be able to like maximize both their stats. Um, also, I th- uh, one of the things in this game, which I, I hadn't really noticed in the previous ones, um, is that they limit the amount of damage you do to 9,999. Yeah, they do. Which, uh, which makes things like Quadra Magic that much stronger because they're... The few, hitting four times. They're the, yeah. one of the few times you can do that. Uh, same well, thing, like, like Vincent's uh, Limit Break. I think it's based off of how little HP you have. I can't really remember, but right. realistically, that that thing should be able to go way above nine oh, nine. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I think one of the like it helped them kind of manage the numbers, I guess. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it didn't. I don't think they there was never or there wasn't a game that bypassed the nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine until Final Fantasy ten. Yeah, and then the but you had to have like a you had to get special weapons yeah, to weapon, unlock right. the the damage cap mm-hmm. which i think at the time was like technological limitations as well as um as well as a balancing I'm thing i'm sure it was technological at some point and then it just kind of became a thing yeah i remember then, like leveling up uh limit breaks which we'll get to later on mm-hmm. and favoring multi-hit limit breaks as opposed to one hit because you know you could always do more damage that right. way um but yeah, so Materia, it had so much possibility, uh, and it also added another layer to leveling, because you weren't, not only were you leveling your characters, which at some point kind of seemed arbitrary, 
Um, yeah, the set differences were kind of negligible between yeah. characters anyway. Yeah, but I, I always know there's the there's the min-maxers that like to play these games and go, oh, well, technically Cloud actually has a, a higher... Uh, well, Cloud's uh, the most powerful character. He, he is. Right. Well, they, they'll do that or they'll be like, uh, well, Barrett seems to have a higher HP pool. So mm-hmm. actually what I'm going to end up doing is if I pair him with this kind of material and do this thing, then I can get the most out of it. Um, we'll get to it when we get to the game, but in 12, technically everybody has better stats that they're preferable for. So right. like, if you put them down a certain tree, they, they maximize those things a little bit better. And so like, if there's preferences that way, same thing goes with people who play Final Fantasy seven. I know, I think they tried to standardize the stats, um, but it was still like, it's always like a, say for instance, uh, like, like Aerith or, uh, or Yuffie might have like a higher proficiency really with magic. Um, but it's all just because of its minor stat growth yeah. in, in the back. Um, I never yeah. knew this, but apparently Kate Sith had better magic stats. Oh, I, I never even used them. Yeah, so. I never used them either. Because, um, again, we talked about it in the last episode, or the last uh, Final Fantasy VI episode. They, like, he had slots. Nobody likes slots. <laughs> well, that was his limit break. Yeah, but that's the thing, though. Like, everybody else's limit break was just, I press a button and it goes. Mm-hmm. This one, I have to, like, get something or I don't get anything. So, um, so since we're talking about limit breaks, just real quick. So, uh, Nomura is the one that contributed the limit breaks. And the reason, and, and they weren't even going to do it, but uh, Nomura didn't like the fact that uh, there wasn't anything differentiating the characters in battle, giving them personality. Yeah. And he wanted to do something that gave them their own personality. And so that's where the limit breaks came from. And if we're being completely honest, these limit breaks came out of nowhere and mm-hmm. revolutionized the, the freaking game. Oh, yeah. Uh, they they did. Like, after that, they, they didn't go back. They've always right. had them. Oh, yeah. Uh, there were some annoying parts about it. Uh, I hated the fact that, like, you, you can't just do a regular attack. Once you have a limit break, you have to do the limit break. You can't just attack. You can use magic or you can, you know, you can do other things, but you can just do a regular attack. Because it wasn't supposed to be something you save, really. I wanted to save them. I know you do, but you also like to save all your potions and hoard <laughs> it's everything. True. Um, well, I'd save it for like boss battles and whatnot. So. Right, but most of the time, if you knew a boss battle was coming up, you would just avoid doing anything else. Right, right. Um, I'd run away from battle and stuff exactly. like that. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, there were certain battles where I would uh, fill my gauge right beforehand. And oh, yeah, me too. You just run around right in front of the boss so mm-hmm. you yeah. get enough <laughs> battles and then you get the limit gauges ready to go. So, as soon as you get into the boss battle, yeah. Um, you're you're unleashing all of the, the limit breaks, and if you keep if you kept Aerith in your party, then it was just mainly for like cures mm-hmm. or for something else, because she was pretty much not she was worthless with attack anyways. But yeah, okay, well, yeah, 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 she's pretty worthless. With attack. <laughs> um, but yeah. Also, everybody had um, specific weapons that only they could equip. Um, I don't know if this was in the previous games, but they introduced. Uh, or the, I think they introduced the ultimate a, weapon. Hmm? Their ultimate weapons. No, I was gonna say like uh, gender specific, uh, like armors and stuff. Uh, yes, like a, yes, it was. It was. It might have been the first one. Uh, I don't think it was. No, it was in the first game. But I think six actually had it. Never mind. Yeah, six definitely had it. Four had it as well. I don't know about before that. Okay. This is the one I is the only time I had ever noticed it. I mean, like, mm-hmm. again, Final Fantasy VII was my introduction, so I hadn't like I didn't realize that was the thing. 
And then I was like, why can't, why don't I ever see this, the Nirvana band or something like that for this? So I can put this on no. cloud. And then, <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, the cross. Only when he's cross dressing. Right? <laughs> um, That'd be yeah. interesting the test. Mm. Who knows? Um, but I don't think you get, you can't get it until later. Yeah, you don't get it until later. Um, but yeah. Uh, so I guess we can talk a little bit more about, like, limit breaks. I mean, they. There's not much to them. I mean, essentially, you get, you get hurt. A, a meter builds, mm-hmm. and once it builds up all the way, you do a powerful, a powerful attack. Right, and then in order to get better limit breaks, you had to use certain limit breaks a certain amount of times, and then for other ones, you had to kill enough enemies to get a new limit break. Yeah, um, but you didn't have to kill them specifically with the limit break; it's just, I, just killing enemies. Oh, I thought it was all based on your your or level. Mm-mm. Okay. Yeah. So. For like the fir- from getting from level one to level two limit break, you had to um, you had to use your limit break like eight times. Oh. And then to get from level two to three, you had to kill like 180 enemies or something like that. And then to get to level three, it was use your limit break again, and then so on <laughs> and, and so forth. So you could essentially get you could just battle like <laughs> like in the South Park episode where like. They fight the boars in Warcraft mm-hmm. just to get up to like the highest level. The beat Cartman. You could just do that in the first area. I think technically you could. I I, I bet there's a I bet there's a the... level attached to it. I bet you you have to fight them eight times plus or kill use eight think, times. I don't and, think there's a level cap. I just I think it just it takes up. forever to do it because if you look at early in the game, they actually don't give you swaths of enemies. Right. Um, whereas later in the game, you could fight like eight enemies at once. Oh and yeah, that's, yeah. That's where like the the slash all or the uh, or the the four times slice or whatever come in handy because it usually give four times slice and slash all to one person and you just have them <laughs> and then so you can kill all people at once. Um, but yeah, so things like that. It's always so satisfying. Oh my gosh! Yes. <laughs> Um, but so realistically, so we talked about the material system, the limit break system, but at its core, um, I'm sorry. So for limit break, they had a status effects called fury and sadness, where when you got fury, your limit break gauge went up quicker, but when you had sadness, it went down or went up super duper slow. But other than that, it had, they had no other like impact on the game, but they were just specifically for limit break. Yeah. Um, which is funny because actually I think you take a little bit more damage when Fury and you uh, take about less for sadness. Uh, well, no, I don't think sadness affects it or has any effect. I think well because because Fury is what something I used. Um, I would just use a tranquilizer on somebody that didn't need a tranquilizer, and it would give I think gives them Fury. Right. But it also it cures Fury as well. So if you do it, and so, yeah. Anyways, something like that. I don't remember. Um, either way, you'd give them the status effect so that you could grind to get your pretty much i would use fury to go like have some have somebody get all the attacks done on them so they could get their limit break so they could use it so they could level it up so they could use it eight times in a row right Mm -hmm. but everybody in your party especially if you're leveling everybody's limit breaks you put them in fury status Mm. it yeah anyways so yeah as i thought it was just funny you mentioned i was like oh my gosh they have a status effect very specifically just for <laughs> for a limit break experience. So, well, we're talking about Kaseth and her or him, his uh, limit it's. break. It's limit break, and uh, I'm watching this video where this dude uses um, what what are they called? Are they called ultimate 
Ultima weapon? What's the big old creature that gets released from the lagoon? Okay. <laughs> it doesn't matter what it's called. Uh, so basically, the hardest boss in the game, and they used... Uh, oh, like Emerald and Ruby weapon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, they used uh, this uh, Limit Break, and they got, like... They lined up their slots, got three of the, you know, they got the cat, Kate Sith, and the, which is insta-kill. Mm-hmm. And apparently that works on r- r- emerald or ruby weapon. I didn't know that. Yeah, which Shoot, is I crazy. Well, I mean, how often do you probably ever get that particular limit break? Probably. Uh, it's, yeah, and the, and the build-up to get the limit break. I mean, I guess you could save, go in, do the limit break. Oh, I didn't get it. You know, just keep on going back. So, uh, or somehow modify or do yeah, when you're I kinda, emulating the game. Yeah, when I saw it, I was like, yeah, I kind of think that's what happened. Like, he's um, constantly save stating so he could actually get the thing, and he's like, ah, oh, I got it. Or, yeah, or he's just, there's some modifier somewhere where it always lands on that. I don't know. Um, that would be ideal. Yeah. So, so breaking it back down, uh, to its core, like, Final Fantasy really hasn't changed, like, from four, five, six, and then to seven. It's still the basic attack. Uh, magic and item for the most part and mm-hmm. it's crazy that like I, you know I really don't know if that started with Final Fantasy but it's still like the big core mechanic yeah I'm gonna have to look that up at some point it is a pretty it's a well I mean it's like one of those it's a like a default loop that works so well that there's no reason to modify it well yeah but then all of a sudden like later in later titles they're like this is just isn't gonna do it anymore yeah we you know, one could also say that that's where they started to go downhill when they decided that mm-hmm. we're going to forego the core because too many people know that now, I, I guess. I know. Final Fantasy Twelve was garbage. You are garbage, <laughs> sir. You are garbage. Um, that was a great game. And you suck for, for talking smack. I'm just kidding. You better be. Um, but yeah. Well, let's, let's go on a quick break before we get into characters. Ooh, wait, nothing about nothing else about gameplay? Well, unless you have more. Um uh, summons. They were uh, great. Oh, yeah. I mean I guess that's more material stuff. Yeah. Uh, I don't know really know if there's I mean it's it's not been that hasn't changed at all. Like that hadn't changed from four, five, six. It's basically the same. You use it's it's just like a it's like a magic attack, real realistically. True. Okay. Let's see. Break time. And it is now time to talk about characters. Yes, you're correct. <laughs> this reminded me of Homestar Runner when, on like, you never watched Homestar Runner. Yeah, you always bring that up too. Sorry, and I and I always have to disappoint you. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, it so Nomura mm-hmm. uh, did the main character design for all the characters, all the main characters. Okay, and. I mean, this is really the game where he's he's really put his stamp. He's like a a big part of Final Fantasy at this point. I mean, he was before. I mean, but he is the Final Fantasy at this point. Yeah, I mean, he's designing all the characters. Right. Well, main characters, right, that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Cloud. Like, probably one of the most iconic Final Fantasy characters at this point. Yeah, but his name isn't as cool as Butts. <laughs> that's, that's a good point. Uh... Do you know Cloud's last name? Strife. Uh, actually, let's play this game. I bet you know them all. What's uh, okay, Barrett? 
I don't know Barrett's uh, last name. Barrett Wallace. Okay. But so you're going to hear these and you're like, oh, yeah, I know that. Uh, Tifa? Oh, shoot. She's something heart. Or yeah, like, you're right. Yeah. Lockhart. Lockhart, okay. Uh, Eris? This one's harder. Uh Oh, shoot. It's like something like Farragold or something like that. Or... Uh, Gainsborough? Okay, so... You, you, you see like... <laughs> no, it's, but I mean, like the fact that you somewhat remember them. Uh, Kate? Really? Sid? <laughs> <laughs> That's not even the last name at this point. Uh, Sid? I just lost internet. Um, uh, Highwind. Highwind. Cause some because he's named after his ship, or oh, his yeah, ship yeah, is named right. after him. Oh. Um, Yuffie. Uh, I do not know her last name. It's Japanese. Isn't so it? Ragi. Yeah. Wow, I don't know if I said it right, but uh, Vincent. Valentine, of course. Yeah. So I mean, like, and when you heard him, though, you were like, "Oh yeah, I knew that." Except yeah. for Yuffie's is kind of. That's why I said it's Japanese. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, it, that's interesting though. Um, so I don't, you know, I don't really know what to talk about. Cloud. I mean, he's just this iconic character. Uh, he's he is the main character of this game, whereas some of the previous games, um, like six, there was no real actual main protagonist, but Cloud is yeah, definitely the main protagonist of this game. Uh, yeah, they split duties in a lot of the other games. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess Ford really didn't at all. Four didn't. Uh, Butts was definitely the main character. In five. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I mean, he's he's the most balanced character. Uh, he's he's good at magic and physical damage. Um, you were talking about Cloud, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I'll move oh. on from Cloud. Uh, then there's Barrett. Uh, wait, 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 hold on, hold on. Okay. Oh, why? How are you moving on from Cloud? It's a very important character. He is, but like, I feel like everybody knows who Cloud is. I mean, let I mean, okay. So we can go into like talking about him as a character, like okay. So like the fact that Cloud is, he's not silent, mm-hmm. but at the same time he is. Yeah, like he soft spoken, soft spoken, and almost like, I guess almost generic Is- enough to where. He could almost be considered a a blank slate of a character. Yeah. Well, his actions which, are way louder than any of his words, I suppose. Right, and even and actually, even at some point in the story, it almost feels like they gave the same personality to him as a blank slate as they did to him as a uh, like it like hit the whole idea that he was like that he takes on somebody else's mm-hmm. like, persona, right? Actually, makes him more or less a blank slate, and it plays out that way. Oh, too. the real him, yeah, yeah, okay, um, without like giving away too much, mm-hmm. but yeah. So like there's there, there's that little kind of aspect of it which I thought was kind of funny like if you really think about that. Um also the spiky hair became quite an iconic thing in terms of uh like taking <laughs> it from anime. Into, yeah, 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 and yeah. then just kind of I mean, you can look at a lot of Tetsuo Nomura stuff and realize that the guy likes anime. Has Clyde ever sat on a throne with his arm on his chin? I'm sure in some fan art he has. <laughs> Probably. Um but like, if you really think about it, like, this right here was like, definitely, like, I mean, obviously, it's the start of Tetsuo Nomura's, like, big influence on mm-hmm. the series. But oh, yeah. Also, like, it was him fully express. It could be one of the reasons why people like Seven as much as they like Kingdom Hearts and stuff is because it was, like, Tetsuo Nomura's baby. Like, it, it wasn't anything but his influence. Right. And obviously, there's other people writing and stuff like that for uh, for the story and everything. But it was his, like, his aesthetic from top to bottom. Um 
and it played out like an anime, really, because, I mean, with all the plot twists and everything, but yeah, Cloud was definitely the, uh, like, the power fantasy type of character, everything from the sword that he, that he wielded being twice his size and seemingly weighing twice as much, too, (laughs) um, because it just looked like a giant piece of metal, Mm -hmm. which is funny, because that's just the first sword you get, and then, like, almost every other one is really small. I don't know. It's relatively small. There's some... Some like, of them. Like the hard edge, which is a little bit bigger, but you're just kind of like, okay, it's still... There's there's one that's like half the size of his first sword. Yeah, it's like, like, like the Force from? Stealer or whatever. It's yeah. like really small. Um, But then his last weapon is right back to being just as big as, as his... Uh, yeah. His, uh, it's not his bigger. I'm pretty sure it's bigger, yeah. I don't remember that part. Huh? I don't remember what it looked like. Oh, it was... um. Well, it was made out of... Like, it was light. And, yeah, yeah, and the yeah. light of the sword that. actually changed colors based on how much HP you had because the sword itself did more damage if you had more HP. Um, so it kind of looked like a, uh, like it looked like a like a regular like triangular type blade or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it had like, like <laughs> so it's triangle- just like his first sword, but then like it changes colors. Oh no no no! Well, it, it, it was like triangular, and then it, like had a triangle inside of it, and another triangle inside of it, and like it was like light, darker, darker, dark. But there was kind of like bluish purple or whatever, um, and then like I said, as if you lo- as you lost HP, it became a darker and darker weapon, um, and then it, when you're at max HP, it's just it was a lot lighter. But yeah, um, it's like... cool. It's a cool looking sword. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, who do we got next in the in the thing? Uh, we have Barrett next. Uh, he's the leader of Avalanche, uh-huh. and he's he was modeled after Mr. T. If you couldn't figure it out for yourself, yeah, and even the voice that they gave him later on, yeah, it was definitely obvious who they were going for. Uh, he was kind of the um, he's kind of like the 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 foul mouth, but like teddy bear guy because he's always pissed off. But then he'll see uh, oh, I can't remember that little girl's name. Oh, Marlene. Yeah, Marlene. He'll see Marlene, then all of a sudden he you know, he just turns into this really sensitive dad character. Which you, I mean. Which is what makes him so lovable. Yeah. But also, um, it was it was kind of cool to see a character that didn't seem stereotypical. Which even Well, that but that's the thing. People complained that it was stereotypical. But it it wasn't though. <laughs> I th- Oh, you mean as far as Final Fantasy goes? Uh well no, stereotypical in terms of his race. Oh, okay. Um which I, I guess for me Back in the day, I never really thought about it too much, mm. but as I grew up... I didn't think I, anything of it. Yeah, I didn't think about it too much. I was like, as I, as I grew up, I was like, go figure, this character actually like legitimately had like complete, like uh, a good story arc, and he wasn't like the quote-unquote black character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and like, it, it was just a good character. Yeah. Um, and then later on, not the necessarily in the comes series, around, and mm-hmm. the internet comes around, and yeah. then you're and like, then oh, people, people will think about that? Mm, okay. Yeah, exactly. And I didn't think about it. And I don't think uh, the Final Fantasy people thought about it either. They were just like, this is a cool character. Mm -hmm. The guy has a freaking gun arm. You know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, like, regardless of what color he is, like, he's just a cool character. Plus, he has family. He cares about his family. Like, I feel like it was one of those characters that other characters in the future should have been modeled after, but they weren't. And for Mm -hmm. some reason, somebody decided for other characters that they would dig deeper into stereotypes, not necessarily Final Fantasy. Right. Um, but just in general, um, when, when making ca- characters like Barrett, which again, well, maybe in Japan, like, like that type of racism is just like, wait, what? Oh, you guys well, are racist over there in America. Well, one of the things, I mean, there's a, I mean, in Dragon Ball, 
uh, in Dragon Ball Z, there mm-hmm. was a character named Mr. Popo, which was yeah, yeah, at yeah. one time was considered um, controversial because it seemed like they, it was like a caricature of, of black people because it was just an all-black character with big red lips. Right, right. Which, in America, when we had certain kinds of older animation, that's how black people were portrayed. Mm-hmm. So there was, there was one thing there. But I guess because I've watched so much anime, that character didn't offend me because I was like, oh, this character just looks like one of the other weird freaking aliens because <laughs> yeah, they're all yeah, just yeah, yeah. weird, right? And it's not like it inherently sounded like a black person or anything like that. But I guess it's there's a lot of things that... Well, I mean, if you if you think about, like, the Jap- uh, Japanese culture, they'll take words from English and, like, they'll just... They'll throw up the F word because they're like, oh, that looks like a... They like the way it looks or whatever, mm-hmm. you know? And so I'm sure they saw this racist depictions in america and we're like oh you know that looks that looks like an alien i'll use that yeah um well because it's funny though uh i did not think we're gonna get into this in the podcast but to to be honest like barrett is like it's just a really good character um all i mean all all the discussion of like his his portrayal aside like it's just a good character Mm -hmm. um he's he's the character that as soon as you start off the game it's just cursing up a storm (laughs) but it's like, uh, like at first you're like, oh gosh, it's a caricature, right? But then, like as you get further in, you realize that obviously he's not actually like that. He's just putting on a front because he's worried that some, like he's not going to be able to get home to Marlene, mm. or he's not going to be able to take care of of Tifa. Or, well, he's a leader, so in his and he's head, a leader he's, exactly. He's, he's like, I have to, I have to be the tough guy. Yeah, you yeah, know? exactly. And nobody wants to mess with me because I'm Barrett. Right. Yeah. And I have a freaking gun arm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna keep on going back to that. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. I remember when I was a kid. I was like, "Wow, that's that's freaking." Yeah, awesome. it's like a, it's a Gatling gun, mm-hmm. and then then you can like turn it to, or you can when you get newer weapons, you can make it like a laser. There's like his joke weapon is like a, a little boxing glove thing. Oh, really? yeah. I don't remember. Uh, I don't remember these gag gi- or gag gifts, uh, gag gag weapons. Um, but yeah, it yeah things like that. That's that's one of the reasons why the game's so good. Um, but yeah, so his portrayal was was good. Um, I liked his his story art. He t- kind of lost his relevance for the main story after you left Midgard, mm-hmm. um, just mainly because he served his purpose, which kind of sucks. Well, he's he's still. I mean, well, I guess I guess it's just his backstory is all they really dove into. But you're right, right. he does take a backseat. Which is, but if to be honest, like if we, once we get into the story, that's kind of the the main thing for a lot of people, and the reason why, like I, like we were saying earlier, Cloud plays the main character, which mm-hmm. doesn't often happen in a Final Fantasy, um, but would start to happen more start after. But seven. everybody gets their place in it, right? Yeah. You well, I mean, after seven, I feel like that's what uh, was a big thing. Like they were pushing for a one main character with mm-hmm. a good supporting cast, right? Um, but yeah, what, yeah. So I would actually almost say that's a first for Final Fantasy to have a character, like a fully backed one character kind of story, but then like have a cast to support it for Final Fantasy didn't happen that's until true. seven. It really is about. Just I mean, before it, it ends it was, up being about Cloud and Sephiroth. Yeah. So it's just there happens to be other stuff around it that are large impact on the whole world. Right. Um. So then the next character I'm I'm guessing is. Uh, Tifa is Tifa. Tifa, and I, you know, so Tifa has the biggest. Um, <laughs> she has the biggest. Was that intentional? Well, she has the biggest um, plot hole in the game. 
is what yeah, I was trying to yeah, say. Yeah. Sure. Uh, you know, I'm really curious who is running Seventh Heaven after she leaves. Marlene. Oh, okay. <laughs> the thing is, actually, I think it's funny because I think they actually kind of <laughs> hint towards Marlene being the person that's there. All Wait, the time. for real? Yeah. But oh I wow. Know, I don't know if they necessarily like overtly say it, but yeah. Marlene is always around the the bar because that's yeah. where they live. So, so it she's, stands to so reason. she's running Seventh Heaven. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Um, but yeah. yes, I thought I had fun with that. Yeah, of course you did. I mean, everybody <laughs> had fun with that. Um, so, so Tifa is like one of those characters where uh, she, again, it was weird. Like she had relevance at the very beginning of the story. And then like she disappeared for a little bit in terms of like w- what I consider to be have her, her mm-hmm. relevance until we finally dig into Cloud's backstory. Right. And then you're like, oh, she's Two, not just twofold, the- really. Right. I mean, she. Um, well, the 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 history and everything. She's she's part. Yeah, she's actually part of the big story, and she's part of Cloud's backstory. You know, which is technically the big story too. So you know, the first time I played this game, or you know, any other time I played this game, it, like there's a few parts about Tifa and uh, that was confusing, and I'm hoping I'm hoping it, like a lot of this stuff that seemed more confusing gets cleared up in the remake. What are you confused about? Uh, mostly. Like, I mean, Cloud and Tifa knew each other in the past, and then now it's the future. But, like, I mean, Cloud's obviously different, but it doesn't really seem to, I don't know, it doesn't, like, seem to put up all these red flags for Tifa. I mean, it it hints that there are, but it didn't really feel like it. The thing is, if you, um, when you look at the backstory, he was always a little weirdo. So I think that her attraction to him was, as a child, already identified that he was that he stood apart that he wasn't like normal kids if you will um and i think that for her not to get any red flags ahead of time whenever you know after meeting him again you know after a while it wasn't he was was always sorry he was she did deal with it though she she brought it up several times what do you mean or like no, that's not how it happened, or whatever. And then it didn't happen. Not until like the the middle scene. I do remember that now. Okay. Yeah, not until the middle scene where she finally was like, "No, I, that was I took that picture with him, not you." Yeah. Um, but I do remember. And then he, then that's when he finally pieces it back together. So yes, she she recognized. Okay. Well, it. maybe I just forgot about this stuff. Yeah, she recognized right. his 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 change, but that was only because her relationship wasn't necessarily. Uh, her relationship wasn't necessarily with him; it was with the other person, and but her childhood was with him. Well, maybe it's because it was just a, such a small section uh, of the game that they really like they dive into that. Yeah. And so, because you were you were told this, you were told this, you were told this, and all of a sudden, like Tifa's like, no, 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 forget all that stuff that you well, just also, learned. Also, if you have, if you got to remember, is that Cloud hid a lot of stuff from her. Um, during that time frame, because right. when they when they finally go back to the memory, um, it's pretty much showing that he said, "I want to do this. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna protect people. I'm mm-hmm. gonna become the strongest or whatever." Right? But then he didn't make it. Right. He was, he's actually he was actually pretty weak. Yeah. Um, and he didn't make it, and that's why he kept his helmet on the whole time, and that's why he never like acknowledged her. When so he's he like came. Captain America. Sure. Um, and when he came back to the hometown, he just he just did not acknowledge her because if he did, then he would have to acknowledge that he didn't make it, that right. he didn't he, he didn't fulfill the his his his, uh, his dream of being one of the things, which is 
again, leads to more development of uh, Cloud's psyche whenever he mm. takes on somebody else's persona because it was still like, it was dream fulfillment. It was, um, but it was also like Captain America. But it was also to further his, like, like he want like, it really, when it comes down to it, there's always the pairing or there's like pairing between Cloud and, and, a, and another character, which we'll talk probably talk about next. Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> but I feel like the pairing between him and, and, uh, and Tifa because of their past was like, it's a lot more uh, like in depth and not necessarily because the other pairing seems a little superficial. Um, but like the fact that they went through all this childhood and he did all this stuff he lied and he did like he not necessarily lied he was i guess the omission is a lie but yeah right um just because he wanted to impress this person that he's you know pretty they might as well have been in love when they were kids mm-hmm. um and it never stopped i mean the fact that tifa was around this long pretty much waiting around for him to be successful and come back and tell him about it um yeah it's it's a actually it's a really good like like human story mm-hmm. um which has just so many supernatural elements to it, but you still kind of like the thing, like you're always kind of rooting for, for, for cloud to like, to get it all together. Yeah. Oh even yeah. Though he feels like he never does, but again, it's your blank slate. Like you're playing this character who can't quite figure out how to get to where he wants to be and, um, and still remain himself. And then whenever, when other people call into question, whether or not he is himself, or if he's somebody else, like that kind of th- that whole thing was like that, like because it brings it doesn't make necessarily just Cloud question who he is, but it makes you the player question if Cloud is the person yeah, that you've yeah. been playing, or if you've been playing something else. And I'm so glad I've forgotten a lot of this stuff, though. It <sighs> makes the remakes for me so much better. It's so like again, it's one of those one of those stories where the reason why I think a lot of people love it, and the reason why I love it. Um, was because there was so much depth that didn't mm-hmm. um, that didn't like label itself as this is deep. Pay attention. Right. It was just it happened. Right. It felt natural. It felt. Uh, You're right. That's perfect word for it. It was. It's very natural. Yeah. You're right. It, the conversations didn't feel like. Well, this is a this is an anime conversation. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have this conversation. It's gonna be extravagant. Blah blah blah. It was just. It happened. We're 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 doing the thing. We're, we're 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 in love this is what kids do when they're when they're younger they make promises this is how they don't fulfill them but yeah so yeah that tika was a really good character in that um i think no, she was a good character in and of herself yes she but, she she definitely played a bigger role than like like barrett did I yeah suppose. but she also played she played a, a very heavy supporting role like mm. in making your main character cloud be a better character Right. Um, and not necessarily uh, seem, I don't know, what's the word for it? Like vapid. Like he didn't seem like it was just void of of any reason for being there other than a guy carries a large sword and beats up bad guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, she's a good character. She's a good character. Um, I think we probably actually, if we take like a step back. So Barrett, um, remember how we were talking about their limit breaks actually lend to their personalities and mm-hmm. stuff like that? Yeah, right. So Barrett had like all of his limit breaks were like just pretty much his first one was literally called Big Shot. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's actually the only one I remember. It makes like a big yeah fireball. And then, and then his next one is blue and I think it breaks uh, defense or something like that. And then after that he does like he, 
not throws a grenade. He might throw a grenade. Anyways, but yeah, so like he, like his stuff is just like strict power, 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 right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Clouds is like, uh, like precision slices and like everything pretty much you, you like leading up to. Well, I know he does a forward flip with his sword. I mean, that's oh my goodness, that's a power strike, right? That, that's power play, power play, yeah, <laughs> yeah. showing off just a little bit. Um, <laughs> Uh, and, so, and then we go to, to to Tifa, and because her her main draw is she wears gloves mm. and she's just a, a brawler, that's her lyrics. Like yeah. every time, she also uses a freaking slot system, which kind of sucks. Um, so every time you when you brought up her limit break, you don't actually her limit break never changed. She just added more onto her limit break. So when you were uh, mm, yeah 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 so like you would get all of her level 1s you get her level 2s her level 3s and then you get her last one but they would all just end up being on your 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 limit break slot machine or whatever right. so when you triggered her limit break you could do certain things and if you got everything to hit it would just look like one large combo so she would just do like the uh, something like fury rush or something like that mm. and then she'd do like a dolphin uppercut or somersault or whatever and a dolphin would come out of the ground who knows whatever <laughs> um and then she like uh, was it the same dolphin that helps them later on probably probably it's trained so when i whenever i thought about the remake i always thought about that, that what little are they dolphin gonna do thing? with the dolphin game <laughs> yeah, everybody did. says that same thing <laughs> so stupid i think they'll just leave it out they won't um uh, it's too iconic uh like the whole the whole freaking game's iconic uh but yeah then then <laughs> like then she does i think she does like a suplex or something like that Mission. Yeah, I think so. Okay. I don't know. Anyways, on to the next character. Uh, Eris. Aerith. Aerith? I have it written down <laughs> different in two different spots. Okay. Uh, so Which is very emblematic of how the name... I think it was translated at one it time was, as It Aerith. was uh, it was Aerith originally in the U.S. version. Yeah, and then, and, and then they it were was like, no, it's Aerith. Retranslated as Aerith. Yeah. Um, which I thought I was... in Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. And then after that, so it was almost like they were they were rewriting their Bible and they had to like standardize like across all platforms and across all localizations what it was supposed to be. Um, so uh, so I wish I put this for the I, I, I put the rest of these later on down. Uh, but Aerith was actually so when she was being designed, she was originally Sephiroth's sister and then was later his main love interest. And what? yeah. And uh Actually, Seth, because uh, she was originally conceived as Sephiroth's sister, uh, the reason why her hair looks the way it is, it was actually inspired by Sephiroth's hair. Okay. It's kind of weird, right? A little bit. Aerith <laughs> uh, is kind of... She's kind of like this whimsical character, too. Like, all this... Like, you have the slums, and it's all dark and... Yeah, Aerith is a hippie. Gross. Yeah, she's, <laughs> she's a little hippie with her flowers. It was, uh, she's one of those characters where, like, you get introduced to her, like, in the opening movie. Like, mm-hmm. not even, like, t- f- 10 seconds in, and Aerith is on screen before right. the main character is. That's how you know she's a big character. Right. Um, not even, yeah, 10 seconds in, because the, yeah, yeah, and then she, then the little sparkly things come mm-hmm. out. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And then it goes to the train. Yep. And then it do 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 do. I was just playing music in the background. I don't want to do that. Um, but yeah, there's a pretty good. I like this music. It's it's oh man. So just yeah, real quick. We'll get to music later on. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll just I'll have to remember to talk about music this time. Final Fantasy VII has some really great music. Um, you think it's the best? No. 
Um, uh, yeah, okay. I'll get into that some other time. Okay, okay. Um, so Final Fan- like so so Aerith in this game did kind of similar to what Tifa did, except for her influence kind of influenced present cloud. Right. And then she enforced present cloud. Hmm? And kind of enforced Yeah, she um well yeah, 'cause she she asked some questions you of sure him. sure look like somebody I remember from my past. Yeah, so. she asked questions that like almost like triggered his like not the things that he didn't want to remember the things that he wanted to to remember a certain way Mm -hmm. um and i think that's kind of what led down that path of of cloud and tifa getting closer in terms of remembering his past or whatever or even remembering the scene that would be pivotal pivotal to his like recognizing of his own self scene huh his ferris world scene no um <laughs> she uh no no she landed closer to um i feel like she was one of the triggers for 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 the for the niflheim um recognition mm-hmm. uh okay um again i'm trying really hard not to like completely give away Spo- stuff yeah, yeah. but people who have played the game before will know exactly what i'm talking about um but pretty much like, you can think of Aerith as she is um present clouds like Tifa new compass like he's like yeah so you could think of Tifa as guiding cloud down the life choices that he would make and then you can think of Aerith as reorienting cloud down that path that path again because during the opening sequence of the game cloud is part of a group called avalanche which is run by uh which is run by Barrett and they're like a I, I guess you could call them an uh, eco justice terrorist ter- terrorists or whatever i guess yeah technically they're 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 terrorist. terrorist group um because and i and i guess we can get into this more into the story but yeah they're fighting against like a major corporation um that's like draining the planet of its life literally yeah i don't know why it's i didn't say i didn't mean to say like but they are literally draining the well planet they're, they're draining the live stream it's but it's the planet's yeah. energy or whatever yeah. um but yeah, she like reorientates him because he takes on this job with Avalanche. It's kind of just a thing that he's doing, not even recognizing like that Barrett was connected to Tifa and Tifa being connected to his past. Mm-hmm. We reinvigorate other things being connected to the main villain and stuff like that. But like, yeah, she like when she talks to him and like you said, you you remind me of somebody. Um, and like, like you could tell like at that moment the story already had like taken a hard right. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't. You weren't like a, like you were looking at the and you're like this story is just kind of weird, right? And then oh no, it seems kind of typical. And then all of a sudden, well, yeah, it, and then yeah. there's Aerith, and you're like, uh, who's this chick with flowers? And then suddenly she sticks around with you for a little bit, and you're like, this doesn't make any sense. She doesn't seem like an RPG type character. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like, it almost feels like okay, so. As the as a player, you go into it. You're wanting. You're you're like you're on this constant roller coaster. And it was like, okay, sorry, we just we have to slow down, after because like right after the avalanche mission, it goes completely slow, because that's when you meet Tifa again, right? And then after that, then you, uh, I think you're doing another mission, and then you fall from a Mako reactor. So like again, it's like yeah. you're like crazy, crazy, crazy. And then now you're separated from everybody, and you meet Aerith again. It slows down again by a lot. But then, at the same time, I think that's when you um, 
you encounter some other people. But yeah, she like she does this, her character does this thing where it always everything associated with Aerith is relatively calm um until a certain point obviously but um but like her character is so much um i mean everything about her character is very flowery it's very mm-hmm. very calm She's a hippie, very, as you say. yeah but then like every like the scenes with her associated typically are all those scenes they're always the calm scenes they're always like um uh, what do you call it <laughs> don't worry cloud it's going to ha- it's going to happen the way we want it to yeah, exactly don't She's, worry about it uh yeah she's that she's definitely that character but um it's almost like reminding cloud that thing can be, things can be good mm-hmm. yeah and i think that's why that pairing ended up being so like that was also a beloved pairing because like he's so down about how things always turned out bad and like you know i have to do these things because this is what's required and then she's always that person like you don't everything can be good we can actually be happy you know and like that's why there's kind of like that push and pull between him and and Tifa, Tifa, because I feel like she Tifa wants him to do what he said he was going to do, and but in order to do that he has to do things that he doesn't want to do now. And then Aerith is telling him, "You don't have to do the things," you know what I mean? Because we could be better. <laughs> and yeah. then, uh, well, then Aerith and Tifa like are like thick as thieves as soon as they get introduced to each other, right? They're like, oh, 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 you're pretty cool. Oh, you want to dress up cloud like a girl? Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so moving on to the next character, and that would be Red 13. Ooh. How about we take care of Red 13 after this break? Okay. I'm actually really impressed how deep you got your voice there. (laughs) (laughs) And we're going to be talking about Red 13 as my voice goes extremely high after that. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to be talking about Red 13 now. Uh, Uh, So is Red 13 a lion or a wolf? He is a special race of creature. Um, (laughs) And his real name is... Do we... Do we tell what his real name is just because... It doesn't uh, really matter. Okay. It's well, Nanaki. Nanaki. Nanaki, sorry. Ugh, I think, yeah, Nanaki just sounds like real, real like, American. This is how he pronounced it. Yeah, it's yeah. It's quite literal. Well, I mean, this it the sounds whole, like, like... It looks like Nanaki to me. I'm going to say Nanaki. <laughs> we read this stuff. It wasn't like... There was no voice acting. I know. But I I think because I, take Jap- I, I ended up taking Japanese that, like, my natural pronunciation for a lot of Japanese names... Is to pronounce them as the syllables themselves. Nanaki. Yeah, Nanaki. So, yeah. Anyways, um, and even then, that could be wrong. Maybe it is Nanaki. Mm, I don't know. Who knows? So he's a cool character. He is a cool character. He's red. He's red, and he's got the number thirteen in his name, mm-hmm. which means that he's unlucky, I guess. Um, <laughs> and and red's my favorite color. So to be honest, like back in the day, to be honest, I would try to use him as a character in my party. Right. All the time because he's just so freaking cool. Mm. Um, I would use him just because he was cool too. I, I feel I feel like that's uh, man. I feel like this is that's what kind of Final Fantasy VII led to. Like a lot of times, it's just using characters because they were cool. Um, I mean, six did the same thing, but I feel like seven because everything was so customizable and the limit breaks were right. the only thing that really set them apart. You just kind of like said screw it. Yeah, I'm and his limit breaks were fine. They were fine. Yeah, and he had he had multi hit limit breaks as well, so he could do pretty high damage. Um. 
Shoot. I mean, the way you're introduced to this character, which, yeah. Oh Actually, my gosh. You know, yeah, it's they a haven't even showed anything in the remake, and he's introduced in the first section of the game. Yeah, well, I'm, uh, we'll save that for next week. But you're right. That's, that's, that's freaking part, exciting. That's part of my conversation for next week. Oh my god! Uh, but Watch a big, it by next week, that's when they actually show, they start <laughs> yeah. showing off stuff. Um, but a big part of uh, Red Thirteen's introduction is Hojo. Oh yeah, he's a pretty big character. Yeah, really big character, realistically. But let's ignore him for now. Yeah, let's do ignore him. Um, uh, <laughs> well, Hojo is technically the reason why he has the name Red Thirteen because yeah. Hojo was experimenting on him and gave him that name as he's the because he's, he's red and he's a 13 subject so he was trying to make him get down with Aerith. holy crap i had forgotten all about that you're yeah. introduced to this character because he's trying to mate this mythical creature if you will um because there's he's the, like the last one in existence um suppose no, no, no. kind of like the last that's what i said like the last one in existence i think he's just Dude, kind there's like a whole valley like the last one okay so something can be like endangered okay okay but only because it's not seen everywhere you know what i mean okay anyways (laughs) um but yeah perceived to be the last exactly there we go um and Aerith is the last of the the ancients which actually we didn't even talk about she's part of a race until final fantasy 7 2 or 7 3 okay um but like she uh so we can go take one step back for Aerith and just say she was a ancient she, she was an ancient she was part of a race called the Setra I think is what they mm. call them um just a just an old race of people who could communicate with the life stream or the planet spirit or if you want whatever you want to call it um yeah I guess that's really what it comes down to that's all she is so she has a power that not many people have ancient or, hippie she's an ancient freaking hippie um <laughs> And Hojo is a is just I don't know he's a, he's mad, a mad scientist, scientist. Yeah, yeah he's a mad scientist and he's like what if I made this one endangered thing with this one thing that there's only one left of and it's a creature and a person which to be honest they played it off afterwards and it was just a funny moment he's mm-hmm. like yeah he wanted me to get it on pretty much and then like <laughs> and you everybody kind of just. Everybody plays the straight man in that scene, and nobody goes like, "Oh, that's crazy weird." It's just like, "Glad that didn't happen." I and mean, then they just it, kept on moving. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I like I didn't even notice. Uh, I, I, I didn't even. It never dawned on me when I was playing it, like what was going on. Well, because the it action, was until later. Yeah, the action in the scene played out to where it made it look like he was going to eat her. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when you are when the, he tells you why he was in there. Then, her him pouncing on her seems a lot less. Uh, actually, he's very he's very deadpan. I, I didn't think about it, but they actually use him for comedy. But he's so deadpan. Yes, that that's what I'm saying. Everybody yeah. plays the straight man in that whole scene. Yeah, yeah. It's there's nobody there's nobody actually like legitimately looking at this. Like, to, is nobody going to talk about how <laughs> they just tried to mate a a, a lion uh, wolf creature with a person? I mean, okay, cool. On to like <laughs> on to the next thing. Uh, he, yeah, he's a. Uh, his character is definitely another one of those characters where, again, th- this whole game has. Uh, there's a big theme that everybody helps to move the main character story forward, um, and they play their roles, but to an extent, um, never necessarily eclipsing 
Cloud's role. Um, so you know this character's kind of a. So do you remember what his what his weapon was? He has a freaking hairpin. It was headdresses. Yeah, but I think all of them were called uh, pins or whatever. I mean, now that I'm thinking about this character a little bit, like I think, I think this is like he's influenced a, by Native Americans. Wait, you're just now catching that? Yeah, I never, I, mean, his, I never, ever, ever, ever did. His grandfather telling the story of the stars and everything. Yeah, you never thought that they were no the the whole the music that plays in Cosmo Canyon, which I'll play right now. Um. The music that plays in Cosmo Canyon, the like the way they talk about nature and being one with come on. Dude, I mean I well I played this when I was way younger. I know, but you didn't recognize as you grew up that oh my gosh, this is the what? one guy that has feathers sticking out of his <laughs> uh, over his ear well, or whatever. I obviously he's not making the very racist noise that a lot of movies portrayed. I don't really look at the make, but like it was just like he was definitely like a this game did really, really good at taking a culture and saying, we can make a character out of this, we can personify this, and we can do it where we're not offending anybody. We're actually paying homage to, and if anything, like the way his story is told when they get into his background, right. they tell it in a way where it's like, it's kind of like a spoken tradition kind of thing, which lends even further back to like the like Native American traditions where things aren't written down, they're just told. They're, they're well, given to I mean, the... That's his basic whole purpose of in the game is the is to bring them to a place to learn so they can the party can learn about the history of the world yeah or like the the influence of live stream the, the mm -hmm. what is what is the media and what is done yeah how is materia and then but then they kind of dip out but like i said that's a theme of this whole story is that everybody's there to support cloud, cloud his journey. right 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 um but otherwise he's a he's a really his backstory is is so I love his backstory. Like, whenever you go through that little cavern, which, by the way, sucked really bad because I, I think I wasn't prepared for it or whatever. Um, and then you have to fight that guy. That, and I can't remember what his boss mechanics are. But either way, he kicked my butt quite a few times and then had to go back, which is, I guess, when we talk more about... It, or I guess we have already talked about gameplay. But yeah, they didn't, save points were sparse in this game. Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't that bad. Yeah, but there was a lot of times where you had to run back through something to... Like if you could you save at the beginning, you don't mm. save at the end. That kind of thing. Oh yeah, there's like well, S seven actually didn't do a lot of the. Uh, if I remember correctly, there's they didn't do a lot of save save points right before bosses. It was a lot of like save points halfway through dungeons, and then you still had to get to the bosses. No, it was, it was it was before bosses. There was a few times when it was like a little bit of a trek to get to the main boss, but yeah, for the most part, I mean, uh, that's what I said. I could be remembering incorrectly. But that, but there I were occasions. You're right. There yeah. are occasions when it was like that, where you had to trek a little so bit lo longer. Annoying. We had to take a break from the game because you're like, nope, not doing that again. Um, <laughs> but his backstory was it was is beautiful. Yeah. Um, it was tragic, which I'm not. It's I've been. I guess I haven't really given away too many people's backstories. But yeah, his his backstory was very. Um, it wasn't necessarily connected to clouds at all, but just it was something that almost needed to be told because you're trying to figure out why this why it's important to keep this character with me and then like his connection with his his grandpa and uh, quote unquote grandpa grandpa and like his like his race and like his determination to like you know wanting to save the planet because again 
it's really digging, well that's their duty yeah, yeah yeah but it's digging deep into the culture that they they were trying that they built around his story like that these people are like the these his race and his in the place that he grew up the in the cosmo canyon they were all about like like the planet mm-hmm. and not just kind of they had this weird way that they could communicate with the planet, but it wasn't necessarily like direct communication. It was just their attunement to the planet. There you go. Right. So like they were just really they were one one with 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 the Earth kind of thing. Anyways, but yeah, it was kind of cool. His little his little backstory. I like that. Yeah, we won't get to the spoiler parts about like his parents and all that stuff. Yeah. So let's move on. Okay. Who's the, who do we got next on the docket? Uh, everybody's favorite character in this game. Sid. No. Yuffie. No. Holy crap. Vincent? No. <laughs> I literally named everybody else. Kate Seth. Oh. Oh, uh, I so have to edit that out. I cursed. No. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, I did I did say say someone was a dick, so. No, that's not a curse word. Okay. It's, it's a name. Anatomy. Oh, that's true. And it's, and it's what people who are old people who are, whose names are actually Richard, they prefer to be called yeah. dick for some reason. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, um, uh, so Cave the Sith is an interesting character. He is, uh, he's a basically a, he's a he's a literal he's a puppet. puppet controlling a puppet being controlled by somebody else. Yes, which you don't which find is out kind of a spoiler, on. but that's kind of what he is. It is a spoiler. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it is. Well, spo- well I he said there's disclaimers. Yeah. I mean, it's not like a big one. You're just like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, so Kate Sith is actually the name of the cat that rides this right. this uh this giant mog, Moogle. Yeah, so it's like the it's like a deformed fat Moogle with like baby wings. Yeah, um, which like a big plushy thing. Mm-hmm. Um, <coughs> apparently, I got a cough. Um, and like when you're introduced to it, he's just kind of like he just seems like a mascot type character. Yes. And you're just like, why, why, why are you here? <laughs> yeah. And of course, he's introduced um, within the confines of Gold Saucer, which of course you're just like, okay, so he must be. Yeah, a fits character. in pretty well. Like, there's no way this is like a character that's going to be essential to our story. And of course, bless you, sir. WTF, mate? <laughs> okay, I'm suddenly going to catch cold. <laughs> um. But he's introduced pretty much like everybody else, like Red Thirteen. Before him, like it seems innocuous, just another character to add to the thing. Then suddenly he gets a role, and you're like, "What the heck?" Like out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but like a kind of a bigger role. Yeah, and without without actually tr- like trying not to spoil certain things, but like give. I mean, I kind of already did a little bit, but like giving the, this this character out of all characters like. It seemed, it's almost perfect in his design to mislead you as to what his role is right, in the party. Right. Um, which you, you notice in uh, Advent Children, they didn't have the the Moogle. No, they didn't because by the end of by by the end of his um, his main story arc, if you will, mm-hmm. they had already discarded and they'd already like uh, proclaimed what he was. Right. Um, and so then in Advent Children, they were like, screw it. We've already told you what he does or what he is and who's, who's, who's doing, who's, you know, who's, uh, who the puppeteer is, the right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then in, um, in Dirge, of, uh, Dirge of Cerberus, they went even deeper into that. 
Um, which I guess we'll talk about when we talk about the anthology for Final Fantasy VII. Are we going to do that? Yeah, we okay. might as well. Okay. Um, but yeah, they went a little bit further into Kate Sith's actual, like, the person who controls him, because they actually gave more of his, uh, like, that guy's backstory. Right. Kind of, yeah. But yeah, he's, uh, I'm not going to say that his, his role was all right. I don't think the, um, I guess when you can, when you figure out who is controlling him, it adds a little it, bit more yeah, depth. Yeah, it makes him a cooler character. Yeah, well, I mean, to be honest, we still more like, I actually more like the character that's controlling him than I like him. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, but he's part, uh, shoot, I don't want to get, are we talking about the, are we talking about the Turks at all? Yeah, we can talk about the Turks. Um, yeah, the Turks are really cool. I guess we could just, just, yeah. I it, I feel like talking about certain characters and certain groups gives away way too much story. Oh yeah. Um, especially, especially considering that most of the knowledge that I or most of the stuff I'm talking about happens really early in the game, and the Turks are something that are they're very heavy in the very first part of the game in in well, Midgard. It's in, my, in my it's in my next section. I mean, the Turks are basically so you have you have the Shinra group, which is this large conglomerate company mm-hmm. kind of a di- um uh dictator type company authoritarian and uh so they have this group called soldier which is like an elite army force for shinra and then they have uh the turks which are kind of like they're like the fbi the cia yeah yeah, yeah. they're um, always working in the background yeah and they're always yeah trying to cover up all these actually all the, all the mess that that uh Shinra Corp Shinra's is doing. creating yeah yeah so uh let, let's let's leave Kate Sith alone yeah he's he's actually heavily connected to like the main piece of the story which again another character that doesn't seem like they would be a bit, also Kate Sith will not be in the remake just yet just because Kate Sith isn't necessarily introduced in Midgard yet yeah um yeah, pretty much all the these Turks characters. Yes. Red thirteen, but all these characters after this probably will not be in the first remake game. Okay, so we can actually talk a little bit more about some of the other characters, um, just because I feel like talking about some of the remake stuff. It, you, well, we're saving that anyway. Yeah. So. Um. So yeah. So what what do we got? So next? now we got uh, Sid Highwind, which is he, he's just, I mean he's just like he's all the other the Sid. Yeah, he's he's a mechanic, and uh, he he's built an airship and but. He's a little different, though. He's so his goal is he wants to go to space. He has such a good backstory too. That's <laughs> why Final Fantasy VII was so good. Is because every even though you are following Cloud's story, like everybody else has such like moving backstories mm. and like things that well, are they have to have motivation are believable. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Oh, man, so good. Did you say anything about Sid? Uh, Do we go further? The fact that he wants to go to the moon is. Again, like, or he just wants to go to space, mm. uh, really. Um, but he just, like, he puts a, it's another one of those characters that put up a front. Um, yes, because he's, I he's, mean. He's hard-boiled, I do this, but blah, blah, blah. But then when you get into his backstory, it's just so, it's so tragic. But, and, like, he's, like, he has such, like, lofty aspirations. It's almost like Cloud in well, that way. Well, it's, well, it's also interesting because he's, he's the second foul character in the game. Oh man, and yeah. and in a way, he's kind of a teddy bear character, you know, yeah. so gruff. And then, yeah, because mm. at the at the core of it, he just really wants. He's he's like that, like a little, like he's like a little kid, like a, a, a that 
that discovered telescopes and, and realized that he can look into space. He can see the stars and never grew up from that point because other than like, I mean, other than obtaining knowledge to be able to do the things that he wanted to do, like he just was still the kid that wanted to go to space and he would do anything to get into space. And that's like, that's like his whole, uh, like his whole personality is like how he can get to space. Um, and then like, the, like I guess because of how determined he is, that's why he is hard boiled. Like he, nothing's gonna get in my way. Right. Um, and like, oh man, it's it's, it's so hard to tragic to, too. Like when you when it's you, it's hard to get into Sid because his the stuff that's going on when you first are introduced to him mm-hmm. uh, is kind of heavy plot points of the game. Right. So right. let's just move right on to. Oh wait, sorry. So Sid does his limit breaks is a lot of. He, he's actually like a dragoon class. Yeah, he's a um, dragoon so, class. So he's like hopping around with this uh, with a spear, which freaking awesome looking. Oh, and he's a chain smoker too. Yeah, he's a oh my gosh, yeah. Um, and then like <laughs> the uh, his final one is um, high wind, and he mm-hmm. just like calls down a freaking missile barrage on the on the enemies. Which I mean, come on. Also, his is another high damage one because he has multi hits. But right, right, right. Um, yeah, so that guy th- Sid was another like default party member. Uh, and then uh, the next character um, is an anime character named Yuffie. <laughs> Isn't she like the most stereotypical anime? She is. Peppy. Infinite energy. Mm-hmm. Never stop. I mean, half the scenes that she's in, she's like punching the air. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> um, and the animation is just, it's adorable. Yeah. Um, especially with like the, the, the sprites. Also, if you look at the, not the sprites, sorry, the models. If you look at the models, I think Yuffie's actually might have had some more detail than other people's because she had like the covering for her arm, mm. and then she, uh, which is weird because like sh- her and Vincent almost got cut from the game. I mean, her and Vincent are both optional characters. Yeah. So yeah, um, I could see. I well, they're optional. Like they wanted them in the game, but they were optional because because they almost got cut. Well, yeah, and, actually, which is weird because they had this huge budget, but because the budget. They almost had to cut these characters. Also, which is crazy because even though they almost got cut and even though they are optional characters, they also have deep involved backstories. Yeah. Uh, back, well, back so Yuffie's, Yuffie's basically, she's from this um, kind of this renowned ninja warrior town or people. Yeah, yeah. and uh, But <laughs> but then uh, like our people kind of kind of Sold it, out. They sold out. It is the typical um, the 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 Edo period story that's always told in like animes and in Japanese history. It's like a reflection of what happened, and that is when colonization happened. Right. It was all the people fighting to, or there was there was like, like feudal all, Japan was yeah, so they were going they were transitioning from from feudalism to um, to industrialism. industrialism. Yeah. Uh, and so there was like there was that fight against the. Um, the, the 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 british culture or whatever mm-hmm. um and then the new ways and the old ways and that like this town and their um not necessarily their race sorry their their people um they that's they embody that whole that a whole idea and right. shinra is the industrialization to their to their uh, feudalism i mean plus like i mean she has a whole town she has a whole side story she has a, a there's a technically a mini game um, associated with her, where you get to like fight. Oh, the tournament thing. Yeah, yeah, but but the thing is, you can only use her, and you're going up through the the tower. 
um, to with progressively stronger enemies. And it's just pretty much like a strategy thing where like you go into it knowing that this person needs to, you need to be casting poison as much as possible and maybe added effect on your weapon or whatever. Um, it's funny because in the strategy guide, this is when the, the first time when I saw the, the saying, uh, the gift that keeps on giving and that is poison, which is funny because it feels like in later instances of, uh, I feel like in seven, Final Fantasy Seven, Poison was legit, but then after that, it seems like they just completely got like Poison got put on the back burner. Like, oh, I guess you can do it. It does do damage, <laughs> yeah. but like, oh, you just happen to have a weapon that causes uh, causes poison or whatever. But yeah, anyway, she's she's like she's uh, she's a really good character in that way. Also, the way you're introduced to her, her her optional thing is her jacking all your stuff. Yeah, which is hilarious i mean i'm not going to go into detail on like how that all works out but she's definitely a klepto um she loves materia it's just i don't know it's like it's like a quirk uh that like like you said it's it's definitely very anime it's gonna be interesting well we'll talk about next week but uh it'll be interesting how they're gonna introduce because these are optional characters it'll be interesting to see how they're not gonna make them optional they will not make them optional there's no way they do Um, they got the budget for it but i'm sure there's I'm sure there was a story that they had planned out that was cut, mm-hmm. and they'll just probably incorporate that into the game, which will be kind of cool, cool, actually. Crazy. Um, so the next one is Vincent Valentine, Valentine, and he is a former Turk that was experimented on. And then to ego. Yeah. Emo, sorry. And he, he ends up uh, locking himself away because of, I think it's, I think it's because of stuff he's ashamed of. Yes. And um, so his character um, can like morph into different creatures as his limit break. And he's kind of like when he's, when you find him, he's in a, he's in a coffin. So you kind of think of him as like a Dracula. And then he also turn into a werewolf. And I think he can turn into a zombie and all those weird He turns into like a Jason type character that that wields a, a chainsaw. He turns into... Um, that werewolf, I think it's called like a wildebeest or something like that. <laughs> and then he turns silly wildebeest. He turns into uh, then he turns into like a, I think it's Diablos or something like that. It's supposed to be like a like a, a demon type. Oh creature. right, 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 right. So who who's the second coolest character in this game? Wait, who's the coolest character? Well, who's the coolest? Who's the coolest character? We all know it's Cloud. <laughs> really? I thought Sid was the coolest character. Oh, really? Okay. Um, I've, I, I've always liked Dragoons. They're the they're the coolest. Okay. So for me, it was always Cloud, but then Vincent came along, and I was like, "This is the coolest character ever." It's funny. I accidentally got Yuffie and Vincent in my first playthrough. Mm-hmm. Um, and did, oh, so you didn't know they were they were uh, optional? No. Oh, okay. I just got them as I was going through it. Um, but yeah, uh, we're going to have to pause for a second. So I'd go into the city, or sorry, uh, Vincent a little bit more, but honestly, his, his backstory is, is pretty awesome. Uh, there's a lot of spoilers around it. Uh, it is oh, yeah. connected to Hojo. Uh, and he got his whole, he got a whole game for himself. He did get a whole game for himself, but we will apparently talk about that. Yeah, it's a yeah. It's it, the thing is okay. So they they explain his backstory, 
um, in Final Fantasy VII. But then, like, they, like, fully explain his backstory in Dirge of Cerberus. Plus, they add, like, really, really good animation and, and oh, graphics you know, and whatnot. You know, now they think about it, because Yuffie and Vincent were are such big players in, in Dirge of Cerberus. Mm-hmm. I wonder if uh, some of the backstory that they had in they had created for Final Fantasy VII. They, they got cut. Yeah, yeah, I wonder. Yeah. So. Also, if you look at it, Dirt Surfers and like Advent Children are like not parallel stories, but kind of like back-to-back stories as well. Mm-hmm. Um, even though n- neither one recognizes the other, right? Uh, just because Dirt Surfers is so fantastical, it's just weird. Um, but such a, it's not a great game, but it's a good story. And not a great story, but it's very anime, <laughs> so it's good, I guess. Anyways, um, shoot. Who do we got next in the on the character docket? Because I think that's all the playable characters. Should I start doing the... Dun, dun, dun. dun, dun oh, dun. actually, there's one dun, more dun, playable dun. character. Whom? It's Sephiroth. Ah, he is a playable character. <laughs> oh, you're talking about doing a... Bum, 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 bum. For the, for the one-winged angel. Bum, bum, bum. Yep. Okay. Uh, so Seth Roth, most iconic Final Fantasy villain. Uh, most recognizable Final Fantasy villain. Look what Final Fantasy villain I have that's currently just popped up as my background. I can't think of of him as a villain though. But he is, because technically he is, um, he is the the main bad guy. Mm. Do we you fight him as a last boss? Well, yes, you do. We'll uh, talk about that when we get to yeah. Final Fantasy X. Yeah. yeah. Mm. That's going to be a good one. <laughs> um, actually, I, th- I really like 10. 10 is a good game. 10 is a good game. Uh, I don't know what I want to say about Sephiroth. I mean, he's th- that's another part. He's, I mean, he's super, obviously, incredibly inco- iconic. Um, He's got the extremely the, the giant intimidating. Sword. Yeah. yeah, he's got the giant sword. He's got the long silver anime hair. I mean, the first time you're introduced to him, like you're walking down a bloody hallway to to find him. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it was he, intimidating for sure. I remember that. He is. He's one of those characters where, to, okay, if I'm being completely honest, he's not the best written. But he's not the what? The best written. He's not I like by by any means. He's not the best villain ever created. Um, he's, he's an intriguing villain. But he's iconic in that um, there is so much, like, prestige around his his villainy and, like, the way he handles himself in the story that it get, it lends a lot more, like, the weight. cloud. Yeah. So, I mean, oh, I mean, they, there's a... The, he's a support... Everybody yeah. plays a supporting role to Cloud. But well, he's a juxtaposition. Thank you. Of... To Cloud, you know, because so Cloud is living a lie, mm-hmm. and whereas Sephiroth was lied to like his whole life. But in that, Sephiroth is also living his truth. It sounds very like like Walmart live, laugh, love kind well, of. You're when right. I, when he you is say living that, his truth. I know, but when I say he's his fulfilling truth, his, it, it he's feels trying very to fi- pump and spice. Yeah, latte. yeah, but he's fulfilling his <laughs> destiny. No, I get what you're saying. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> it says a lot without having to say much. Yeah. Um, so, but like he does this, like he's doing this thing where, when he finds out the truth, he insists that everybody knows. Mm-hmm. He insists that the like when he finds out, he gets his first like as a villain. 
when he gets his first like inkling of the truth is when he becomes the villain. It's when he, but then he further he delves deeper and deeper into it, and that's where he starts to lose his mind. Right. right? So he actually loses his direction, and the truth he sees, he only sees like the light of his truth through like this like foggy, uh, like delusion of him he being something be- better than everybody yeah, else. He almost becomes like a Hitler now that I think about it. Yes, yeah. because he truly believes that at the point where he finds out what happened to him or what he is quote-unquote it does kind of turn into this wait you i'm better than all of you guys Mm -hmm. and i need you to know this also all the other people who think they're great i just want them to know they're not that great and that somebody's controlling them because they're not controlling me which is crazy in and of itself because he like he's still technically I don't know. He's not controlled necessarily by another person, but he's like, he's like controlled by like that that ambition mm-hmm. of thinking that he's the greatest. But then, like, well, there might be some instinctual parts of it. It's it's a it's a really it's a really good story for for a villain. You almost like you almost sympathize with somebody being lied to, and then like almost. Pretty much being lied to in order to ensure that they would still be uh, subservient, you mm-hmm. know, because at that point, Sephiroth does not know about the things he can do, and so he doesn't. But then when he's told the things that he can do, then it's like, or then when he finds out the things that he can do and that he was uh, that he was um, privy to, then it was all of a sudden it was like, oh shoot, I'm gonna kill all you guys. <laughs> I don't like any of you guys, and all the all of the things that like like almost instantly creates a cult like um which kind of yeah uh, around all these people that after after he declares that this this thing exists um this alien exists that he has dna from then like almost instantly it's everybody else that oh i think i have it too and if we all come together then we can we can we can create god or we can you know we can well i almost feel like they really actually did somehow Okay, so one of the thoughts, um, and I don't know if it's especially explained, is that Genova, which Sephiroth calls his mother, mm-hmm. but it's just because... Do we, how, how far do we want to dive into this? Well, I, I, it's actually, I can do like a nice little scheme off the okay. top. So think about it like this. An alien landed on the planet. I don't know what they call the planet in this game. Gaia. Okay. Uh, oh, actually, they call it Gaia on in later iterations. Yeah, but I don't think they actually gave it a name. Yeah, Maybe I they think did. it was the planet. The planet, yeah. Um, so a an alien land on this planet kind of lay dormant. It existed along with the planet as technological revolution came along. Every, every time I say planet, I think of the first trailer for the remake, and the dude's all like, "You're doing it for the planet, right?" Oh gosh! I can't wait. Oh, is that Bates? I can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait till next week when you find out whose voice actor that is, and you're like. Oh, I see it now. Um, um. So yeah, so yeah, so this alien landed, whatever, lays dormant. But of course, technology as we're sucking life out of the planet, we discover this alien. Then we realize that oh my gosh, this alien has better, like has like superior whatever DNA or whatever. Mm-hmm. And because Hojo's a mad scientist, he decides to play around with ex- like experimenting, putting this DNA into things. But if you think about it, the fact that this man, alien, what was hit with him like trying to stick things in other things? She's it's a guy thing. I guess. Red thirteen. Hey, um, like uh, he <laughs> going off the rails. Um, <laughs> um, 
But if you really think about it, the alien had landed so long ago. Technically, the alien's DNA could be in every uh, so yeah, many it's other already, things. Yeah. Right. So I think like one of the things like you were saying that it might be that everybody already has this. but And I think they delved into this deeper in, in the Advent Children movie, mm-hmm. which we, I guess we'll talk about some other time. But um, in, the, in the game, all these people believed that they were descendants of or that they had this DNA mm-hmm. because of Sephiroth telling about uh, like well, I think preaching Ever- the gospel, if you will. I think Everett children basically said that they did in a right. way. Yeah. So every yeah. So in this in this. So I guess I guess game, it was uh, uh, self fulfilling prophecy. Ambiguous in the game. Yeah. And then, then they just kind of just they're like, okay, let's just roll. wore it on this leaf. Yeah. Um, literally, because they had to wear those bands. Right. 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 Wow. <laughs> um. So yeah, and then so okay. So he thinks that. Like Sephiroth's whole thing is based on the fact that he has these Genova cells in him, but he knows he has them. Like it's definitive that he has these cells in him, right? But then you really think he almost kind of invalidates his story when it, or his like claim to power when you realize that everybody might have Genova cells in them. Mm-hmm. Um, even Cloud might have Genova cells in him. Like, and everybody is technically Genova. So. It doesn't make him any... We are, any, we are all Negan. Yes. So it doesn't really make him that special, right? Uh, technically, other than the fact that he has... Except for he looks way cooler than everyone else. Of course. And he wears like one shoulder pad because of course everybody does that. <laughs> um, anyways, so like when they did that whole thing and then like everybody came together for his this cult of his, right? And like everybody thinking they're superior and then that they, it, they called it the reunion, right? right. Um, and every time it was just because everybody wanted, it's almost like this, I mean, the same thing that happens with most cults or even religion at times is like, it's just people want a place to be. They want, they want to belong. Mm-hmm. And that was the whole thing. And he was giving people, he was telling a truth that other people wanted to believe. Excuse me. But like, that's why like, it's almost but they like, always, they always depicted it as instead of them willingly going, like kind of like he was instinctually going. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is funny because if you think about the way that the 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 cult of Sephiroth kind of came about, um, or the it was more like a cult of reunion or whatever because mm-hmm. they all wanted to be the the one they wanted to bring Genova back or pull her into existence or something. Either. We're really going deep into the story. Well, the reason why I said that is because it actually connects to Final Fantasy VI and that whenever Kefka pretty much destroyed the world, mm-hmm. he but just by power alone. All these people decided to follow him, and they oh, right. built like uh, a tower to his the legend. monument. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which is oh, it was a tower. Okay, uh, yeah, the, the yeah the, the cult of Kefka's mm-hmm. tower or whatever. Which is funny because like I thought about that after I was like start when we were starting to talk about Sephiroth, and I was like, Sephiroth really actually started off as just a really strong person, right? That realized that he might be different. And use that. Well, to he make was some... the strongest. Right. I mean, realistically. Right. Oh, yeah. You got to play him this one one time, and he just like sliced a dragon. Yeah. And it was done, and it's great. <laughs> um, all of that to say, Sephiroth makes a good villain. I don't think, like I said, I don't think the best because sometimes the story kind of seems empty. Um, but I kind of think he's the best Final Fantasy villain. Uh, well, I still think Kefka's the best, but that's just my opinion. Yeah. Um, and I think that a lot of people recognize Sephiroth because he looks the coolest. Um. I don't think any other villain looked as cool as as, as Sephiroth. Uh, Certainly not the dude from Final Fantasy Fifteen. 
with his fedora. <sighs> I don't know. Or, no, he wasn't wearing a fedora. Uh, the thing is, Arden is an homage to Sef- or to Sephiroth, though. Kind it's actually pretty one. obvious in terms of like the one-winged thing and everything. Yeah, I get that, but his character's but, very different. He's yeah, well, he's different in that um, in like his motivations and stuff. But we'll get into that whenever we get he, there. Cause I'm actually going to play episode Arden before we, okay. we we do that. I mean, he's way more manipulative. So is Sephiroth. A pivotal scene that involves Kate Sith, Aerith, and Cloud in a temple. Okay. He's well. very manipulative. And then another scene that involves this character, or involves Sephiroth and Cloud in a in a giant um, crater. Okay. And how many occasions does he constantly tell Cloud that he's a puppet? It's, just, he, it's different. Manipulating I, <laughs> I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Yeah. It's still different. So part of part a lot of a lot of his a lot of his villainy is in that he almost it's it's like this weird like he tells this line of almost convincing the main character that you're playing the good guy that he's the bad guy and that Sephiroth is well, actually the good guy. I mean, guy. the best villains villains always think that they're the good guy, right? But at this point, not only is the villain convincing you well, that he might be always. the good guy, but he's convincing the actual character you're playing that you're the bad guy, mm-hmm. not me. And it would be better if you just helped me. If you me. just shut up and leave me alone. Yeah, <laughs> if you just helped me do the stuffs and go about your business, and I'll don't worry, I'll take over the world. Don't worry, I've got this. Like it's it's you ever, you ever played a I don't know why this might remind me of this you ever played the first Dragon Quest game no okay so at the very end of this very first NES Dragon Quest game you get to the dragon and he's like do you want to join me or do you want to fight me you know and you have to pick one but if you join him then like the just the game ends because he kills you when you join him <laughs> yeah he like he he like bites you and you like go into a slumber or something or you can fight him. But then, like, are there any future Dragon Quest games that take place after that, uh, or take place with a bad ending? Uh, well, I don't know. I don't know if they're. I think they're like Final Fantasy. I don't. I don't. I don't Dragon think. Quest games are connected. What are you talking about? What? Yeah, they're always about generations. Are you? Sh- well, we'll have to look that one up. I think. It, okay, so I think for the first like four or five, they were about generations of the same characters, hmm. or not necessarily the same. Okay, so like somebody's son. Somebody's grandparent or something like that. I'll look that one his, up. Yeah. I was never aware of that. That makes it more interesting. Yeah, I think that's uh, why uh, like they're actually their subtitles give away give that away. That being said, Sephiroth is a good character. I still think there's better villains. He just looks really cool. Also his sword is like really long and he's just cool looking <laughs> and overcompensating. Hey. Um I don't think he's compensating for anything. Um and he's I don't know, he's just yeah. Also, when they finally gave him a voice, I was like, yep, that's it. It's like, good, right? Well, it's different voice actors. It's, um, yeah, I kind of feel like the like the voice that he need or like that, that I imagined when I first saw him. Um, well, well I mean, he's kind of taunting. Yeah. I don't, well, I guess I didn't really get a, a voice for him just yet. But then like as I was getting older and I was thinking about voice casting, I always thought of like a, like a Bill Hader kind of thing. Uh, no, no, not Bill Hader. Who's the freaking... Oh, I don't not Bill Hader. Bill Hader. Who's the guy that plays um, <laughs> Ultron? Like when he's when he's that dude from Saturday Night Live. Oh, 
in in the news report. I don't Not Bill it. Hader. Shoot, <laughs> who's the guy that plays Ultron? Oh, um, David something, right? Uh, David Spade. No. <laughs> I'm not far off though. <laughs> um, um, it might be Spades. It might be his last name actually. I'm pretty sure it's not, but uh, oh gosh, I hate doing this. <laughs> but it's gonna happen because I need I need this guy's name. What James you... Spader, and uh, it is a spade. Yeah. Okay, so all the names we mentioned, they're all great as well. But yeah, James Spader has a he's a very like. He has a taunting good voice. Mm-hmm. Like that's it's really good for he plays Ultron really well. The movie just wasn't that great. Um, Supposedly Ultron's coming back. It, or it, it would make sense. Yeah. Um, it's just an AI. If there's any bit of it left somewhere, then it could just rebuild itself, right? It's kind of weird from the recycle bad guys, but I mean. Um, but have you ever read a an Avengers comic book? Have you ever yeah, looked a, at Marvel Universe? A, yeah, <laughs> bad guys true. have to come back. You can't kill them all off. You know, you can't just destroy them and put them that's in jail. True. They did have uh, the dude from Guardians of the Galaxy, whatever his name is. They had him come back. Yondu? No. The main bad guy with the hammer? I don't remember. It doesn't matter. Either. Anyway. Oh, oh, Ronan. Yeah. Yeah. Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. Oh. oh, that's what we were talking about. <laughs> uh, so I'm just going to... So our next section is actually... Uh, I don't think we should talk about Hojo because Hojo kind of is a big part of the. I mean, he's kind of the catalyst of everything. Um, he is in the in. It's so weird because they don't delve into him at no his story at all, and you mean well, he's kind of the catalyst for Dirge of Um He is not technically for Advent Children, but in a way, he is. You see him in. Oh. It's his experiments that lead to Advent Children, yeah. but um, you see him in Costa del Sol for a little bit. You see him, like in like one of the final confrontations. Um, he's there as well. You finally actually get to fight him, which was was pretty pretty insane. I don't remember. Um, a lot of the last end of the game. He was on the tower. Um, you got to fight his big. There's like a big robot that you fight that he made. I think it's called the Proud Clan Clad <laughs> so or something funny. like that. And then, and then you fight like a mutated version of him, oh. because of course, if he's experimenting on everybody else, you know he experiments <laughs> he's experimenting on himself. On himself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I was gonna the next section was gonna be story, but we've talked a lot about this story already, and I think we, we can already do a, we can do a brief overview well, of like, and I say brief already, because I'm long winded, but quite honestly, we already touched on basically everything I wanted to talk about. Um, well, then how about we touch on something I want to talk about? Okay. So this story pretty much is like a tree hugging story um, <laughs> about about people with lost identities and um, rekindled friendships. Um, I think tree hugging is kind of a slang for for environmentalists. So it would be derogatory. I think so. Okay, so this is so he didn't mean it as derogative. So you no, all know. not not at all. But it definitely like it's definitely. I mean, the the, the start of the game is about eco terrorism, right? But they but they're doing it for to like for the environment. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so th- it's just a group of people fighting a a large corporation. At least it starts off like that. And then suddenly you realize that these people are bad, but there's worse people. And then when you discover the worse people, then you realize that maybe you don't know everything about yourself 
and then you go from there. <laughs> you know what I mean? No. And then after that, when you find out stuff about yourself, then you're like, maybe I don't actually even know everything about the place that I live. And then you discover things about the place you live, which is, reveals the past you know and then like then the game opens up to where suddenly it's there's mythology there's like um the ancients get like actually defined mm-hmm. and then suddenly you realize that this planet has gone through some phases this um, planet i've i did forgot to mention that of all the fall fa- fa- blah, 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 fantasy games up to this point the world is very much a character yes Yes. Way more fleshed out than any of the previous entries, in my yes. opinion. Um, which lends Because it has towards, such a... Sorry. It, which lends towards, like, the very... The, the ending of the game. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's so... Integral. Yeah, because you... The thing is, you've... This whole time, as much as you love the characters, you're starting to... You start to develop the same feelings they have for saving the world. Because, it again, it is definitely about... Uh, about hugging those trees so passionately um but like it's it's well i mean the whole time there's always that underlying no pun intended um live stream um and they're always it's always because it's always underneath you uh, okay okay um it's all right I anyways. <laughs> anyways um but yeah it's always about the live stream it always comes back to the live stream it comes to the voice of the planet it comes back to uh it comes back to shinra's Pretty much Shinra being the catalyst for pretty much the whole story about. I mean, we t- let's see. Sephiroth being superior and wanting to save the planet in his own weird way mm. because the planet has been already corrupted. And by him bringing in the great equalizer, if you will, um, pretty much he's going to start it all over again. But as the as the superior, you know, he's kind of the crazy. He turns into a crazy one, kind of like a, a Kefka. But like, but he de- he doesn't win though. Well, th- that's the thing. Like, like Sephiroth is um, he has like intelligent directions. Seth- Sephiroth, uh, he monologues too long, and that's why he lost. <laughs> Maybe um, Kefka didn't monologue for very long, and he just said, "Screw it." <laughs> oh no! Sorry. Kefka saved his monologue for after he made uh, the changes. Okay, there you go. So that makes more sense. Okay. So he he <laughs> Kefka destroyed the planet and then was like, "Now I'm going to give you the monologue." And then you're like, "I don't want to hear this." So you so you jump off an island, um, <laughs> floating <laughs> island. Yeah, floating island. I mean, aren't all islands floating? Just kidding. Islands don't float. They're actually just protrusions of land from the bottom of the ocean. Anyways. Thank you for the geography lesson. Hey, some people actually think that islands are just geology like floating landmasses. Geology. What did you call it? Geography. I guess it would be could be both. Sure. Um. <laughs> All right. <laughs> on to the next one. On, on, so this is. Do we do a break? Nah, whatever. Let's just do it. Um. So the last section of this is the "Did you know" section, and this is just kind of random stuff I have. For this game, let's take a break. Okay. <laughs> so, uh. So, something was on your mind, I think. Okay, so, <laughs> one of the things that I recommend, especially for something like Final Fantasy VII, is to play the game. But do not read all of the 
I, I guess you call it source material or like the Ultima guides or whatever for Final Fantasy VII. Other games it might work better for, say for instance, like a <laughs> Xenogears or whatever, um, where it has so much depth to it that you want it explained to you. But not Final Fantasy VII. Final Fantasy VII explains enough in the game. You don't need any more explanation of certain things. And sometimes it's better to suspend your disbelief and just leave it at that. I was watching a video during the break. and You can't say who controls this person, but... But they they gave him magic powers. It's not That's not... No. He has a remote control, and we're going to leave it at that. Yeah, so uh, Kate Sith's apparently controlled by some dude using some weird magic that no one else uses. Some weird magic that is very specific to be able to animate mechanical things. Well, he's not even a mechanical thing. He's a stuffed thing. Yeah. Okay. Don't don't do it. Don't do it to yourself. Just play the just play the game. Enjoy the game. This really does fit into the did you know <laughs> section. Um but yeah. So that being said, did you know? Also, uh, also a really good channel on YouTube. But yeah. Anyways. So uh so art the art director uh Yusuke uh Nowara. Okay. Uh so he worked on Final Fantasy Six, but uh he actually had to completely relearn his drawing techniques because they're switching to 3D. Mm-hmm. So, like, he had to uh, adjust it so that somebody else can make a model out of these things? Well, he actually, like... I mean, he went back to the drawing board with, like, learning... Ha-ha. <laughs> 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 uh, learning how the, the, <laughs> to do stuff in 3D. I mean, it makes sense. You know, yeah. he's completely focused on it. And um, I think I think this is the guy I was learning... I was reading that he was, like... He was really worried that uh, he wasn't going to be able to do it because he's just never done it before anyway um amano i guess was uh busy during this project uh so all he really did was the promo art and the logo for this game okay which you said you liked the promo art I, I like i like all of amano's art it's it's weird and fantastical and like they always seem to fit really well with the characters for the other ones but for some reason fall fantasy 7's it's, like cloud looks it's a, it's because the environment that the game takes place in but i think really the reason why i love his art is just because he um i like the the lack of straight lines i like the like the the lack of like anatomical correctness really when it comes down to it i like the there's so much personality in his drawings that even if you don't say or even if you don't agree that it like matches the tone of the Mm -hmm. game or matches the tone of the story or whatever one of the things you can agree on is that you can still kind of you you can always see the character. It's always like so for Cloud, if you look at the expression of the Amano drawing, like it's definitely the kind of a blank stare that is Cloud. Um and like in and like the other characters that there's like always these slight quirks to his artwork that make it to where they embody certain things. Like okay, so think about like you look at the drawing of uh, Kafka by Amano. He has the iconic like pose of him like sitting halfway in the air kind of with his hands out it's very lackadaisical it's very like uh literally laid back um but it also illustrates like always they always give him a smile like he's always happy for no reason but it's always it's it's part of his insanity that it is such either way amano's art is 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 beautiful Um, he didn't actually do all the characters looks like Omana? Yeah, he didn't, he didn't do like. It looks like he only did uh, Aerith Cloud, um, Red Thirteen, and I think that's it. Wow. And like this, <laughs> this weird 
T actually I think this is a Tifa one where for some reason she's wearing red and she kinda has uh some seventies hair going on. Oh, I see it. It's emblematic of the time. Yeah. No, I I I mean I've always liked his stuff. Oh I guess I guess he did Sephiroth too. But um Actually technically it's like clo- the only thing that changed is the, the dress color. Because yeah. technically she has the, the red gloves at some point in the in the game as well. Oh, that's true. With the white shirt, right. so yeah. That's good. I like it. And I think in Dissidia, they use that as a costume as well. Oh, really? Huh. That's interesting. There you go. Yeah, uh, yeah. Interesting. Exactly. Um. So moving on from that. Mm-hmm. Um. So Cloud originally was designed with slicked back black hair. Okay. But apparently because, I think it's because Sephiroth has like slicked back white hair. Yeah. Wait a minute. You need to differentiate it. It's like, or it's slicked back, but it also has like his little bangs in the front. Mm-hmm. Those things. Mm, I don't remember the reason like, they changed it actually. Um, so, so the NES version's setting was originally envisioned as New York City. Although I'm not, I'm not 100% sure. It could have been. It if it was, if it was actually New design. York City, or it just drew its inspiration, right. uh, but the characters were they were still eco terror an eco terrorist group, mm-hmm. but they were being pursued by a hot blooded detective named Joe. <laughs> okay, Joe, and uh, <laughs> and the terrorist group actually blows up New York City, and I think uh, I think that the shoot I think the guys like I think they read all this stuff and they're like. Nah, we're good. We're gonna go work on Chrono Trigger. Um, you, you, you ponder that for a little bit. Also, they were probably like, okay, so we can see into the future. Maybe this isn't gonna, this isn't gonna <laughs> hold over very well. Maybe this better is better if it's like a Parasite Eve game. And let's not yeah. name this Detective Joe anymore. Yeah, let's just make it a chick. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, they, man, uh, start. It's funny because so, we can actually kind of tell the sto- these kinds of stories for like the development of the game that we're working on because it starts off. It started <laughs> off as me like, doing, yeah. It's inspired by like an anime or whatever, and then it kind of moved into its own little thing. And then I had wrote something else completely, and then we ended up writing something else even more different than that. And now that's evolved into something else. Which, I mean, to be honest, if you look at like the way a lot of these major story or major games go through like development. They usually start off as something completely different yeah. than what they end up well, as. Well, Sora had like a chainsaw originally. <coughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, but yeah, especially it's, since it's Disney. Especially since it's Disney, but I mean Tetsuo Nomura, since he's he's just a weirdo, but we love him for it. Um, I, yeah, he's awesome. Uh, actually, I think it's I think it's those kind of developers that make some of the best stuff because they are just so weird and they lean heavy into that weird. I mean, think of, like, Hideo Kojima and stuff like that. Like, he's just a weird person, but and he's influenced by a lot of weird stuff, and he just said, screw it. I don't know so much Let's a weird person. Weird. He just... Uh... Sorry. He, he's not a, he has eclectic taste. Yeah, there you go. Um, exactly. Uh, you know what? Yeah, it's definitely that. Um, and maybe it is just that, that these people with eclectic tastes and who really lean into their into their passions are people that give us these things that we never knew we needed mm-hmm. or wanted. Like, of course, everybody likes giant swords. They're cool, right? But nobody ever knew they needed somebody carrying a sword just as big as they are, you know? Or <laughs> Until we got it. Until you got it. And then yeah. you got Sephiroth, which is extremely, like, 
like long impractical sword like it doesn't seem like you should be able to even like be able to hit like move with that right but then like he does and he does it just as efficiently as somebody with like a tiny sword mm-hmm. or a dagger or something um anyways yeah he's just he's good at character design uh so it was sakaguchi that uh did the original new york city story okay uh, but then uh, once, I'm assuming when they were done with Chrono Trigger, they came back and Katase and Nomura, they, they completely reworked the entire plot. Um, and it was actually... Uh, Which is funny, they kind of just took that plot, brought it, used it as the, the platform for everything else. And then just... In a way, yeah. And then, and then said, oh, well, they were uh, saying, let's yeah. not have real life locations, let's make up a new one. Yeah. yeah. Um... Oh, yeah, it still shares some of the They the reconfigured themes, it. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then Nojima uh, joined as the scenario writer after finishing Bahamut Lagoon. A very great, like, gem of a game um, strategy that RPG. That never came to U.S. Mm. That game was kind of weird. It, like, had the, it was like a... It was like Final Fantasy meets Fire Emblem, in a way. I thought... I was thinking closer to... Final Fantasy Tactics meets like Monster Rancher or something like that. <laughs> okay. Because you had to like feed your yeah, yeah. certain things and breed and stuff like well, that. Well, I mean, when you. So think of Fire Emblem, you get into. You you know, Fire yeah, Emblem, you, you set your, your character to the attack. Yeah, yeah. But in this game, when you set the attack, you go into battle screen and then you yeah, have like a Final some, Fantasy. Uh, Bahama Goon had some good music too. Um, but yeah, so he, he came on as, uh, one of the main, one of the main scenario writers for that. Um, I just thought Will would like that the Bahamut Lagoon guy came on for that. Yeah. Um, again, all of these re- good reasons to like the game. <laughs> so you can blame Sakaguchi and, uh, Nomura for that one character's death, by the way. Um, so Suka- Sakaguchi wanted to, the game to be about, uh, life, but he decided that you can't have a game about life unless about death. there's death. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they originally wanted it's sound it's I, I understand mm-hmm. I actually I understand the relevance of that happening in the in the story um I never like like was like oh my gosh it shouldn't have happened oh my gosh why didn't we just use this or whatever that made sense but yeah you kind of knew that no matter what even when she I was explaining it earlier even when she came into the story she was the positivity she was the everything's gonna be great but everything was not gonna be a great and so that's why. Um, there's there's things that you got you got to do. You know what I mean? Uh, so they originally wanted to kill most of the cast, right? Like basically, want they wanted to kill the whole cast except for Cloud, I'm assuming. Uh, right before the main battle, final battle, but then Nomura came in and poo pooed that idea. Why would they kill all the cast? I oh, just so Cloud can be doing his one thing, and then yeah, and uh, but. <laughs> That, that that right there would be like a kick in the face to people who played so many hours with these characters yeah. just to be like so, well, and you're gone so Nomura said that the the other character that the impactful character that died it would it would take away from that character's death so uh, yeah, which makes a lot of sense honestly yeah. I mean it, it starts losing purpose or meaning when they just they're all gone right um and let's see. So Vincent and Yuffie were originally going to be main characters, but because oh, well, I already said this earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because of time constraints, they were they became optional characters. Right. And that's actually all I have. Are you serial? 
Yeah. What are we at? Those sections are usually a lot like longer than that. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't have too much. Uh, well, we we uh, we actually addressed some of it earlier. I I I'm because we were talking about characters, so I just kind of threw it in there. Gotcha. Well, that's cool. Two hours and thirty-eight minutes. So I think this is officially our longest podcast. Maybe. No, Star Wars is still longer. Okay. I think Star Wars is like three and a half hours. Friggin' insane. So just so y'all know. Um, just so y'all know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Apparently, we're going to be talking about Final Fantasy VII remake next week, and we're going to talk about the uh, compilation games to Final Fantasy. Sorry. Okay, so I think we'll probably start off talking about the compilation games. You want okay? You want to do that instead? Yeah, and then we'll and then we can go into talking about the remake. Cause I I still don't want to get like I'm not I don't like speculating too much. Um, I uh, when I talk to David about this stuff, oh, off, well, off Mike, I don't really like talking about too much. Like I like talking about maybe the innovation and things like that, but I don't like really talking about what do I expect from the game? Oh, what well, I, I don't have very much of that at all. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cool, cool. So, so, so I tried to avoid that. I, I'm there, well, like we we're going to talk about the characters. So there is a little bit of speculating, but mm-hmm. not much. Uh, well, the characters that aren't going to be in this particular title, the remake. Okay. Um, so we're going to talk about, I mean, I don't really want to talk about before crisis. I'll talk about crisis core, uh, Dare Just Everest. We okay, talk about Abbott and Children. Both I've played. I've watched the movie. I'll probably just do one, a separate one for each. A whole episode? Yeah, sure. No. I don't... We'll seven, see how it goes. Okay, so Final Fantasy VII was the first to... Nope. Final Fantasy IV had a quote-unquote sequel, but... Um, I think Seven did first. I think Seven might have been the first one to have mm-hmm. like a compilation of stories that... Uh, or a compilation of games that took place in the universe of a Final Fantasy because most right. Final Fantasies are so independent that nothing ever follows. Um, they just, they, they, they happen and then we move on to the next one. Um, and not only did Seven have like multiple games to follow it, they had the movie um, and like, my goodness, like not even just like console games. There was phone games. Um, Over oh, Seven? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's several phone games for seven, and then I think uh, well, that's the before crisis. Yeah, before crisis, and I think there was another one that. Never mind, I'm thinking of Xeno Saga. Had the Ziggy had a. Oh yeah, but that never game. came to the U.S. Yeah, so much stuff. Um, yeah, so I think we'll just kind of skim over those, just because well, they're they're backstories that I'll play by ear, just gone because without. Yeah. I'll see like when I. When I get into doing the development for it, I'll see how many, how much stuff I have. And honestly, whenever I start doing it, I end up with a lot of material. So, mm-hmm, 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 every time. <laughs> oh, there's an added cut material, which is pretty cool because you can just like attack once and then it does it again. Added cut? Yeah, physically attacks enemies uh, simultaneously when this material is paired with. Or when the p- material this is paired with is used. So, like, you, if you cast fire, then it would cut it, as well. Is this your favorite Final Fantasy? Seven? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Fourteen doesn't count. Yeah, I know, right. Um, no, I think it's a Final Fantasy uh, seven and, and six, I think, are currently at odds with each other. Yeah. Because there's so many things I love about Six's story. But seven holds a special place in my heart. And... On top of that, Seven also has 
like mechanics wise is good. Like it just ha- it's it's a, it's a good package, and it's almost hard. It's hard. It's hard not to say it's a great the, one of the greatest Final Fantasies, but mm. uh, six again. I like I like. There's when, something about six. I like when developers can do a lot with a little, and six was a lot with a little. Seven was a lot with a lot, yeah. and then so on and so forth. That makes uh, sense. But yeah, so and then eventually they start getting to the point where it's it's too much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, shoot, I love twelve a lot, but I realized that they were just playing with those special effects a lot in that game, and it <laughs> it got annoying at sometimes. Yeah. Like it was, it almost, almost like. Almost like their playground was too big, mm-hmm. but then thirteen came out and you realize, oh shoot, never mind. Their their playground can get bigger. They they can they could probably do more. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, but yeah, this is one of the uh, another one of those well, many tangents we go on right before we're supposed to be ending. Um, but next week we'll talk about compilations. We'll talk about um, and we'll talk about the the remake. Okay, awesome. That makes it easier now. I don't and I can just talk about games. Yep. It, actually, these are easier to. Well, they take longer actually to develop these podcasts, uh-huh. but they're easier. Yeah, no, yeah, because what? Okay, so you can research a game, but you can't research a concept necessarily. Yeah, Re- or no, you, you can, can but obviously, it's little, but it's a little bit more difficult. Yeah, it takes a little bit more work. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Um, yeah. And on that note, till next time. <laughs>